It is I. It is us. It is we. It's your man, D.R. Lewis and the Weekend to Take Crew. Back again. Brought to you by Zoom. That's not a sponsorship. That's just uh, how we record the podcast. A jammed, packed episode today of the Weekend to Take. Uh, we start off with a, the beef between Ariel Powers of the WNBA and Andre Guadalla of the NBA. Uh, then we go ahead and move on to the beef between Bradley Beal, an NBA player, and ESPN writer Zach Lowe. Uh, before we keep our ears to the streets with a trio of uh, questions from you guys, the listeners. Uh, finally, we finish it up with a couple of uh, Is This Your Kings? And uh, that's, that's it. So a lot of subject matter to get through on today's show. So give it a listen. It's time for The Weekend Take. Enjoy. Bro, help me open yeah. the program. Help what? me. I'm dying. <laughs> well, I'm not well. It's interesting. What was it? Back again. Okay. This went so well. Uh, welcome to another edition of The Weekend to Take. I am your host. We used to rotate it. One day maybe we'll rotate it again. I don't know. It could be that way. <laughs> Not for a long time. So I am your host, D.R. Lewis. Not the, the third. third. One, two, three, third, baby. Top three, not one or two. Let them know. I, I'm just not even going to address it, and we'll just we'll just move on. Because now you accept it, because you see that you really are the third. I just know that once you've decided something's going to happen, it's going to happen, D. So I'm going to live I'm in that way. This is the program where we take one topic, right? We take one. We we, we bring it into the fold. We, we mash it up. We grind it up. We, we take it all. We put it all in one pot. We give it back to you. The people, and now you all informed. You have knowledge. You go out to your friends. You tell your friends, "Hey, I know about sports," and that's because of us. And then you know we don't have the first take, but we try to have the best take. That's a little new catchphrase for y'all. Yeah, you like that. You like that. And so um, on this week, we actually have two topics uh, that we are getting a into. Million, uh, more like a, a million topics. You're talking about. Well, some of the listeners helped us out, and they gave us some questions. That's just follow up. That's just but, follow up. But the, the topics are just the two. There's the two main topics, you know. That's how the show goes. And then we have another segment that we'll have to do because the listeners helped us out. Daniel doesn't like the listeners. Why are you – what is this? Why are you – No, I, I, don't, I don't like you. Oh, okay. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Too fly. <laughs> so I would tell you the topics. But, but before I do that, there's one man. That's not how this works. He must speak. Because he will speak before I get the topic out anyway. So I basically, I turn it into a segment. That man is Thespian Poppy Terrell Huff. You know, speaking of Thespian Poppy Terrell Huff, Daniel Davidson's also here on the program. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> what? Great, great host of all time. <laughs> One man pod. <laughs> hey, when you said you didn't have an open, you meant that, huh? <laughs> He's skipping everybody. Yeah, I don't even the entire thing was the open. Nobody else. It's just me and Terrell and other people just speaking randomly. Uh, Chris Marco, Ed White has returned to the program. Hey, what? He said it out loud this time. Yeah, he's getting I did. The dinosaur is adapting. And so, now that I've introduced the rest of the co-host, 
let's go back to what we were about to do, and that's kick it to the one man who must speak before all others speak. That's being Poppy, Terrell that's Huff. Right. Time for Terrell that's Huff. Right, baby. And who's the sponsor? That's Poppy, Muchacho Lindo, baby in the house. Okay. Hey yeah. yo. But who's who's the sponsor by Daniel? James. Power of the world domination, capitalism, <laughs> power, money, capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, arts. and that is Terrell's first take. <laughs> hey, support the arts. I mean that. We got a lot of writers and people that work in different forms of media that I'm sure listen to and watch our ch- uh, podcast. Holler at your boy. Yeah. Hello. Support the arts because checks notes. We're the arts. Support us. We are the arts. We are yes, the we arts are. as well. More than y'all know. That so, being said. Oh, wait. Oh, oh there's more? I'm going to go ahead and launch into this first take because oh. our first best take. Because this is a thing, man. Um, look, I understand that we're not surprised or shocked or, um, you know, thrown off by our sports figures, our sports stars, our, you know, the people we watch, whether it's basketball, football, whatever it might be. We're not, or we shouldn't be surprised when they say something that just sort of catches you out of left field. Um, Now, um, this may not be what I would say is new news, but, at some point in time, I, I, Andre Iguodala thought that it just made sense to say, well, I'm not going to allow my daughter to play basketball because, well, I don't want her to become a lesbian. I'm paraphrasing, but pretty much that's what he said. Um, mm-hmm. There's been some clapback um, from, you know, WNBA players um, because – Obviously, you know, for obvious reasons, I think they have some skin in the game when it comes to something like that. Uh, because if you get to the top and you're a female basketball player, at least at this point in time, uh, eventually you will make it to the WNBA. And uh, when we think about right now and everything we're going through with COVID-19 and kids not being able, at least not to the extent that they were a year ago, uh, nine months ago even, Uh, get together and play sports um, for us to be able to go to our kids games, things of that nature. When you think about all the things that are hampering our kids ability to get out there and play and learn team, you know, uh, you know, learn sportsmanship and, 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 and just team play and things like that. Uh, When you think about all the things that are keeping our kids from doing those things right now, um, it's probably not a good idea to essentially give your kids the impression that a particular sport may make them be a certain way or become a member of some particular marginalized group that maybe you don't feel you're comfortable with. Um, It's probably not a cool thing to do. We got way too many impediments to kids playing sports now, especially kids growing up in the inner city. Um, We have way too many things that are impeding kids that may be one of in one of those marginal groups that are afraid to actually speak up for themselves. Um, and that's outside of sports. So he really sort of, in my opinion, with that comment that he made, um, he kind of threw shade on a couple of different areas where we really need kids to have 
we really need kids to not be limiting themselves in these areas. Um, and he kind of just covered both of those areas in a really, really horrific way. Um, so I'm glad that a prominent WNBA player clapped back at him over it. Um, hopefully more have over time. Um, and I really hope at some point somebody got through to him and said, Hey man, um, you know, if you feel this way, you feel this way. But the last thing I think any woman in the WNBA or a young lady that's growing up and maybe they're feeling some kind of way about who they are sexually or what have you, what they shouldn't hear, especially if they're a big time sports fan is maybe somebody that's got some influence in one of the most popular leagues in the world, um, saying things that would make them feel less comfortable with uh, being who they are um, or pursuing a dream, um, you know, where, you know, maybe that's, you know, something that can be accepted or should be accepted. So um, that's pretty much all I got as far as my uh, best take goes. Um, we'll get into it a little bit more, but um, yeah, that one's pretty whack, man. It's not a, not a good look. Okay. And so that was Terrell Huff's first take and it wasn't sponsored by Daniel. Power of money. Corrupt corporate corporation and J and T charters, and also them too. We're trying to say corrupt corporations. Is, is that if we don't sell it? anything, it won't <laughs> matter right. because we have a fine 19th century southern accent. <laughs> <laughs> that was a cackle. So, as you <laughs> might have noticed, uh, based on Terrell Huff's first take, the first topic of the day is uh, concerning Andre Iguodala and his uh, burgeoning beef with aerial powers of the Washington Mystic. Of course, uh, Andre Godala now plays for the Miami Heat, but uh, it's most notable for his, his role with the Golden State Warriors during their dynastic run of uh, winning uh, three championships in, in four seasons, uh, including having the best regular season record of all time. Uh, so Andre Godala has a lot I'm of losing. swing. He's a multiple-time multiple all-star, um, and he has a, a pretty – a solid reputation in the NBA as being a veteran who uh, is willing to mentor, willing to sacrifice, a real smart dude, a real selfless dude. Um, and so that's why um, this, is, this, this, this is a weird one um, because Andre Iguodala is so well-respected within NBA circles as a dude who's very smart and kind of on the cutting edge of being a, a more progressive type dude. Uh, so to see him fall into some of these traps this week has been, has been interesting. But uh, basically the gist of this is that uh, on – when the WNBA season restarted uh, on the 28th on Tuesday, uh, <clears throat> Andre Godal was apparently taking in some, some WNBA action and uh, he tweeted out number 23 from the mystics is nice uh, because Ariel powers was having a, having a, a pretty big game um, as her team has started off the season pretty hot. Uh, so Ariel powers caught wind of this tweet uh, that he, she's not even tagged on and it does not say her name. And Ariel Powers the next day responded with, put some respect on my name or keep this tweet to yourself. The next day after that, on Wednesday, or excuse me, that same day, Andre Godala responded with, no manners. And so, you know, kind of a shot into the dark. And it's clearly a, a subtweet as he continues to subtweet Ariel Powers and has yet to say her name. And so she responded to that with, we deal with disrespect on the daily. So for someone like you, Andre, and she tags him in this tweet to tweet that off the same device you could have looked me up on is unacceptable. 
Mind you, commentator said my name. Would it have been the same if I was a guy? Look at the pick. I didn't forget. I said what I said. And the pick is a link, a uh, screenshot of an article by TMZ that says NBA star Andre Godala. I don't want my daughter playing basketball and becoming a lesbian. So that article is a 2016 uh, report that Andre Godala and his uh, the the mother of his of his uh, daughter, uh, Clayon Worthen, were in a child support hearing, and she alleged that he did not want his daughter playing basketball because he was worried she might turn into a lesbian. Um, they were in a dispute over Andre Godala paying uh, 50, 58k in child support uh, payments a month. Um, and because his da- her daughter's at an advanced uh, reading level, has a big IQ, so I think this is going to her uh, her education. Uh, Worthen claimed that Andre Godala was not paying even paying the full tuition amount and doesn't call her on Christmas. Uh, Godala's lawyer responded with, uh, "Worthen's requests are a prescription for spoiled children." And so that is where we are with this situation. Andre Godala having some of his old business drum up. Um, it is important to note that that is a report. Um, Andre Godala did not say those words out loud to the public. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's responded to that claim at all. He's kept that matter private, it, it would seem. Um, and so that there's that. Um, what was very public was the beef between him and Powers. They had that very publicly. Um, and so we'll start We'll start there, boys. What, how, what was y'all's reaction when you saw Iggy uh, fall into this 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 not this not so good situation. Well, well I'm not. Gonna... Oh, I'm sorry, Dan. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right, go ahead. Say it with chest. <laughs> <laughs> now, my initial reaction to it was like I was very excited to see Powers like step up and clap back at him. Man, I was I was hyped for her to see her do it. Um, and uh, this Terrell said something to his first take. He said that he kind of put put what. He said about his daughter, don't, his daughter, I'm going to be coming, doesn't want his daughter to be a lesbian, puts his back. And we look at Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union, what they do with their uh, daughter Zion um, and how much they give uh, her the respect and her the opportunity to step out, her to be embrace, embrace the personality that she believes that she is. It's really completely opposite spectrum of it from the same, same type of caliber player He's well respected with the NBA. He has a whole bunch of um, accolades at the same thing. So it was really, it was kind of shocking to me to actually see that article, just in case he actually saying that he did say that. But um, when he posted number twenty three, it's nice, and, I, and then Ariel Powers clapped back at him immediately. But I was hyped for it. I was I was there for it, and I I felt like she did the right thing. And so um, I I have no problems with it. We put respect on her name, bro, because that Powers could ball. I remember watching her in college. That girl could ball, and um, she just wants she just wants the same respect, which they all deserve. And so they they are still professional athletes. They still work their way up to get to that level. They still deserve the same respect that we give all these male athletes. And so um, to kind of play the devil devil's advocate at the same time on the basketball, like calling players by the numbers, not a not a strange thing to do at the same time. And so I remember when in high school, I, we were labeled like we were labeled the opposite players by their number. So it would be like get 14, get 10, get two, four, or something like that. But if you're posting something on uh, social media, I get the point. It's like, yo, you took 
it takes you two seconds, two extra seconds to search my actual name if you don't know my name because you know my team, the team I play for because you put that on there. Right. So you know my team. All you got to do is look through my roster, do, look through my team's roster, and my name's right there. So I'm all here for it. Well, I mean, look at it from a standpoint of it's like you, you talked about how we, you know, we know certain players by their number, but why do we know certain players by their number when we talk about professional players? We know them because they probably – over their whole book of business, if you will, if I use an insurance term, their entire book of business over their whole career, they've put up the kind of numbers and accolades that when, I, when, I say, when we're talking about NBA and I say 2-3, you know who I'm talking about. And, and, and I don't care what number LeBron wears, we know who I'm talking about when I say 23. Um, it, you know, just like if you're here in San Antonio, you say 2-1. As a matter of fact, to be honest with you, shoot my shot, you say 21 in the NBA, you know we're talking about Tim Duncan. So the point is, we, we do that with those guys because of the fact that they got to that stature by, by, through their play. But the problem with the WNBA is, is that when an NBA player does that, because this is a situation where it's like they don't have that face recognition. If we, we talk about TMZ, you know, something he said, you know, that TMZ reported or he supposedly said that TMZ reported years ago. The thing is, TMZ doesn't know who this young lady is when she's walking through the airport and is not going to run up on her and start interviewing her. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's that's what. So I understand where she's coming from when she's saying basically, you know what? It, it, because to me, I felt like she was saying it would help if you said my name. Right. Because then what happens is your daughter or someone else's daughter is going to hear that name and they're going to Google that name. And when they Google that name, they're going to find out who I am and what I've done and so on and so on and so on. And so as much as, you know, we've heard that phrase, you know, say her name and we don't want to attach it to anything else because we understand with Breonna Taylor and everything that's going on outside of basketball and in the world that it, it, it on a lesser level that applies because it really is helpful. So when it comes out about this situation that about what he supposedly said, whether it was a deposition or whatever he was going through with child support or whatever with his ex-wife or soon to be whatever that situation was, when you, you could see why it came out because then there's this sort of stigma of he doesn't respect what we do enough to even want to have his kid, play ball because of some supposed social issue he has with us. So, no, I mean, I get where she was coming from on that, but I also get the, the, the shade aspect of it because obviously she's quite aware of what's been reported about what he said. So it made sense to me, man. I mean, I get it. Um, and I do think that, you know, these, you know, especially when you look at the support, like look how there's a handful of guys that are really supporting the WNBA, especially with this whole yeah. bubble situation. There's a handful of guys mm -hmm. that are, I mean, I've seen DeRozan um, step up and he's been, you know, and he makes sure that he puts, you know, he, he, you know, the name of the players he's watching because he makes sure that he shouts them out. Like these are all things that I think has become sort of a, I, I want to say because I'm not within NBA circles or WNBA circles, but I get the impression when I look at what these players are doing, and I don't think they're doing it because they're being required to. I, I get the impression that these players are doing it and they're shouting out these players and their teams because they understand the importance of that whole thing. Like if you hear your favorite NBA player, even if you're a girl, if you hear your favorite NBA player shout out 
a female player in the WNBA and you maybe you hadn't been paying attention mm-hmm. or, you know, and, and it's, you know, I think in our heads, we think we'll never, you know, like, that's crazy. Why would a young girl not know about the WNBA? A lot of little girls don't know about the WNBA. A lot of mm-hmm. little girls just watch NBA basketball and see that and be like, you know what? I'm going to try to be the first girl to play with them dudes. Like That's how they think, you know? So, I mean, yeah, man, it, it's so big what these players, what these NBA players do for WNBA players when they shout them out and they say, man, you know, like this whole situation with Ionescu, man, I've been watching it. I feel bad that she got hurt, but my God, dude, she's really, really good, man. <laughs> like she's really yeah. good. So, I mean, I would love my daughter to watch her. Huh? I was just giving you a, cause you, you went off Ionescu. <laughs> On a little tangent. Yeah, so I, yeah I, man. Like, no, for real though. Like, I I would love my daughter to watch that girl play basketball. Like, she's amazing, dude. Like, no, because uh, so like for example, while while we were waiting for this, like I was watching uh, ESPN the uh, the Liberty and the Sun the not the Phoenix not the Phoenix Suns the Connecticut Sun. No, it was Phoenix team. Diana Taurasi. Basically, Diana Taurasi was playing. The Phoenix Mercury. Mercury. Phoenix Mercury. Thank you. Yeah, something so, to do with him. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's exactly. But Diana Taurasi was playing, and they were talking about how she had she she had a twenty and ten game the game before, and then she was she had like half half of the points on the that they had scored was due to her off of assists or, or scores. And I forgot that Diana Taurasi is almost forty at yeah. the same time. And so I was like, gosh, this woman's just so balling on them, man, just crossing yeah. people up. And I was like, man, she took that Cynthia Cooper pill. Yeah, yeah, and it, they, they had this. Uh, was like eighty-seven years old. Was out there. Yeah, she shaking. played for a long time. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for me, I'll be honest. Uh, when I first heard of this, I was like, you know, what's the big deal? He, he you know, he kind of bigged her up. You know, it should be good for her end of NBA because he's a former star in the NBA. Um, you know, giving her a props, giving her a shout out. Um, he mentioned her number, the team as well. So I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, there's only, what, one number 23 on the Mystics anyway. So she shouldn't be, you know, all kind of bent out of shape about it. Um, so initially when I first saw, saw that uh, the first time, I was like, oh, this is whatever. She may be overreacting or something. But then I took a second thought about it, and I was like, well, what if it was reverse? Because right now she's actually she's a star in the WNBA. But let's say in the NBA, um, some friends, end of the bench guy just came into a game. He got the start or whatever. He just went off crazy. I like dropped like 30 some points. And then Andre wanted to big him up. Would Andre be like, oh, number, you know, 20 from the heat. That dude was awesome. Or would he be like, oh, no, hey, this dude, blah, 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 came out of nowhere and that fool was killing it right now. And that's when I thought, okay, yeah, he would definitely put the player's name if it was in, in the NBA in there, no matter how, you know, minor he was, how kind of fringe talent he was. If he had that monster game like that, he would, you know, give him props with the number and the name as well. And so with that in mind, I was like, okay, it really is more about, like she was saying, all about respect. Um, a lot of what's kind of holding the WNBA back right now in terms of them getting that notoriety, um, the money they should be getting, is because a lot of current NBA or basketball fans don't give them the respect that they deserve in terms of, you know, how good they are at their craft, in terms of how talented they are, in terms of how entertaining it is to watch them. And this is kind of just perpetuating that as well, because it's like, well, for any other random NBA person, you would give his full name, stats, whatever, to give him props for it. But because I'm in the WNBA, which you kind of watch every once in a while, you think it's fine just to give my number. And I'm a star in the league as well. Like, you just can throw my number out there and kind of keep it moving. And so when I thought about that, I was like, oh, okay, I see what she's coming from now. I have to kind of take a step back from it 
Because I can see how like some some guys out there are going to be like, oh, you know, why is she tripping? He gave her props, he gave her a number or whatever. But it's like, guys, just think about it. Had it been reversed, had it been thrown in his own league, would he have done it the same way? Probably, most likely no. And why why is that? And when you start thinking about stuff like that, you're like, okay, well, now there's that double standard. There's that glass ceiling we kind of put in place for these WNBA players. Because even though NBA players know how good they are, we still might not be giving them the same amount of credence that we would a current NBA player as well. And that's why I thought it was important for her to step, step up. Um, it also, and I think he's going to be talking about this probably for the rest of the year, it came far back to the J. Cole no-name d- debate again in terms of how to give out that information in terms of <laughs> you can do it a nice way, you can do it a nice-so-nice nice way. She chose a not-so-nice way, but she still gave him the information that he kind of needs to know in terms of, A, I'm not going to give it to you, you know, all easy or whatever. I'm going to give you to real and raw. And yeah, that's disrespectful. And if you can't say my full name, then don't even tweet me at all. And I think her phrasing it that way kind of put more attention on it and got more people around to kind of start talking about, okay, why is she kind of so upset about it and have these kind of discussions too? Um, because if he had done that and she was like, oh, you know, thank you. I appreciate that. Next time just at my name or something, I'd probably be like, oh, okay, well, you know, she's cool with this so we can move on. But the fact that she came out so kind of uh, heated about it, I was like, you know, why is she so angry about this? They had maybe kind of double check and look back into it. And that's when I came, kind of came to that, you know, yeah. to that conclusion that, oh, yeah, this is more of a double standard that she and her contemporaries have been seeing for a long time. Yeah. And she's like, no, I've had enough of it. So, you know, why am I going to decide to keep doing this to me when I know that's something that's disrespectful? And that's kind of hurting us in the long run anyway. Yeah. And that no matter tweet didn't help out <laughs> even. It made I mean, everything worse. Yeah, well, 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 no. Well, no, because oh, it, yeah, cause like for me, because like for me, when I first saw the tweet, I was like, oh, man, she's kind of being ungrateful about him giving her some props. So I see why he threw it right back at her like that. But he probably didn't think about, you know, he did anything yeah, wrong in the first place. Yeah, that's he fair. didn't think about that at all. So he's like, oh, I mean, I gave you a compliment. That's no, no matters like that. That's fair. But when you think about it, it's, it's like, well, I didn't have manners either when I kind of just <laughs> randomly left her name out of there. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, he could have just done number 23 and then the last name, too, at that. It's just got to just put the name. Like, number 23 powers is nice. You know what I mean? Because that's all that she wanted, simply. Uh, Daniel actually made a pretty interesting point there when he, because as we keep talking about on um, this program, uh, it always becomes incumbent upon the person who had the slight against them to kind of make noise, to draw attention to it, or it will fade into the mm-hmm. background. And, uh, so, it, you know, it's incumbent upon the aggrieved party usually to actually kind of make a bigger deal out of it than maybe one would think. Um, and so what's interesting to me is that there's kind of two aspects of it, right? Because it's not, it, like uh, Ed said, it's not uncommon for basketball players to be like, oh, hey, 2-3, uh, that dude's good, uh, that dude's nice. But usually you'll see that on like a, a – as Daniel kind of explained, for like an up and coming, an up and coming dude, like if you, some dudes in college, they're watching college hoops, they'll be like, Hey, 40 on Duke's nice. And you know, that's shorthand a lot. But once you get into the professional ranks, it's a different class of, uh, of respect. And it's, you're usually addressed by name. And so Daniel hit it like right on the head. You're not going to see uh, uh, Dwayne Wade go off even in his early days. And someone would have tweeted out, Oh, Hey, three's nice. No, they would have said, Hey, this Dwayne Wade kicking ball. And, mm-hmm. and is, is the fifth overall pick in the 2016 draft. This isn't some, like, scrub who, was, who had just had a nice game or something like that. This isn't an established WNBA player who's finally hitting her, her next level, who's hitting her stride, and is a former fifth overall pick. And so you, you got to put some respect on that, on that name from that standpoint as well. 
And then from another standpoint of context matters, right? So like in the NBA, you can kind of say two, three is nice. And this, that's different than if you say that about a woman, because women oftentimes in this society are defined by other characteristics that are not their name. They usually don't, they sometimes, not even, I don't, they, a lot of times don't get referred to by their name. Like I always made it a point in my columns when a player's wife would do something, I would put her name, even though uh, CEO, CEO purposes, the CEO would, would want me to put the player's name because it'll be, go higher in search engines and such like, and, and such like that on Google. But I would always make a point to put the wife's name. And then I would say so-and-so's wife, because I don't want them to be defined by their husband. And that you, they, they, they would say to do that even for like Sierra. Yeah. Sierra, even though she was <laughs> right, like no, no, Russell Wilson is her husband. Way before you, bro. <laughs> you check the catalog, son. Like, wait, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like, that's the so I've have been filling in the society, and what we relegated to them to is that they are defined as a characteristic, as a homemaker, or a. Or a, a uh, a, uh, a career path or they're defined as attached to this person, this person's mom, Stephen Curry's mom or Del Curry's wife. They don't get their proper due. And so when you add that context in, it makes it even worse. And, and uh, I, I got to kind of agree that he didn't do himself any favors by clapping back immediately. That's one where you probably step back, you think about it and you say, huh, what, I, I think I did something wrong here. Let me, let me think about it. And instead he, yeah. he barrels full steam ahead and doubles down on it, on his wrongness. And right. he didn't have to go out like that, man. He could have just, mm. just ate his L and, and kind of went about his business. Now we got to talk about something else that he probably doesn't want us to talk about because he were, she then clapped back again at him because he clapped back at her. And yeah. so now we're bringing up like, Manners? Um, so, you know. Manners. It's not going well for you, man. Nigga. <laughs> so, Manners. Like, let's be realistic. We're talking about a world right now where I'm a little bit salty because People have referred to like, and in you know, going a little bit like politics. We're talking about Kamala Harris talking about she's too ambitious, and we're talking about like women in professional everything are being referred to in ways that are really messed up because they're really good at what they do, and mm-hmm. men are feeling insecure about it. So, so manners like that's your clap. You could have literally just been like, my bad. Even if you didn't know who she was and you had to look her up, you could have literally mm-hmm. just been like, my bad on that reply, bam, 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 and, and, and corrected the mistake. You would have lost zero credibility in any area that you had exactly. already lost it in when you initially you know, did what you did. Because realistically, like, like Derek just said, if she hadn't brought attention to it, and it's weird because that is literally how it popped up on my Twitter feed. Her clapback <laughs> was what? popped up mm-hmm. first and then yeah. you know i started going backwards on it so based on how we look at women that are successful right now in society in so many walks of life and the words that we hear used that we know are dog whistles for dudes that are just insecure with what they're seeing th- th- that was again more, even more tone deaf because of that manners come on bro so now she's back now she's misbehaving <laughs> out of here bro mm-hmm. yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like he almost should have, like, I feel like if he would have done a nickname, like, if he would have called it by the initials AP or, because, I mean, we do that, that, that's something that NBA players do all the time. You hear TD, TP, uh, D Wade. That's some type of AI for even for him. It's like some type yeah, of Yeah, but, but you, yeah, yeah, nicknames for people that you think are like your contemporaries, though. He didn't see her that way. That's why he just, like, oh, number 23 and kept it moving. It's a problem. So people that you're, like, cool with, people that you like or whatever, you're going to be like, oh, I, I call him, you know, Timmy or I'll call mm. him, you know, Shaq or whatever. Or I'll say like their first name or the last name because I'm kind of okay with them or I'm kind of used to being around them or something like that too. But they don't see them or maybe for him, he doesn't see her kind of at the same level as other NBA players, which is why he treats her differently. Like, like you're, they're saying like a college player or something like a random college person yeah. on team to where it's just their number and that's all. When no, she's actually a star in the league. And I mean, you just watch her play. So I'm sure you know her name. So come on now. <laughs> you heard yeah. it. Yeah. Hey, her name's on the back of her w, jersey still. WB in high school. You know what I'm saying? Water boy. And I did my thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm I was saying? like, I'm w- I thought your name was Terrell. <laughs> yeah, I was like, W. But hey, but I was on point with the water bottle, son. You know what I'm saying? That's a very important job. Every time out, bro. Every time out. Every stop. Hydration specialist. Yes, sir. Oh, man. <laughs> Hydration <with> specialist. <laughs> good with it. Good with it. Fast. He's good with it. Good with it. You want to wear it? The water's yeah. cold and fresh. No <laughs> ice. H2O. Get it? No ice. Get it. You want to impede the flow of the water. Exactly, because it gets stuck at the little three holes. Yep, you get no water with that. You hit the net hell, uh, the uh, the nail on the on the head there, man. He, he Andre doesn't view them on the same level as he should, and that's what and that's what the problem is, and that's why he felt the need to clap back a second time because he's like, oh, you had the nerve. I was out here giving you credit and trying to help you out, and you had the nerve to clap back at me instead of taking a step back and being like, let me evaluate, let me see, like, okay, yeah, I, I get what she's saying. This makes a ton of sense. Let me just go ahead and eat this L. It, it, it would have done nothing for him to be like, you know what? You're right. I didn't think that went all the way through. Here's, I, I just looked you up. Here's your name. Uh, I apologize. Won't happen again. He loses no – in fact, he, ironically, because the way society is set up, he probably actually gets credit for, for, for messing up and then being big enough to right. – and then it's like, oh, look at, look at Andre Godala. He's progressive. Instead yeah. of, you know, kind of still giving him a little guff, we probably give him no guff at that point just because that's how it's kind of set up. When right. men do the bare minimum, they get extra credit for that kind of stuff, even yeah. if it's yeah. Instead, he doubles down and, like I said, man, that wasn't the time. And it, it's so unnecessary. Like, like it's, why? Dirk said, we do enough to get by. <laughs> you have to pick one way or the other, man. You need to go to double down, bro. That's how it goes. Yeah, out here looking Let you know what he's saying. Award. Like, no, honey. No, no, dude. You don't get a child support award, son. You're supposed to be doing that. Got my right, yeah, well, clearly he's not paying child oh, support, man. Like, oh, whoa, whoa. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly, hey, man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, dang. I said, apparently. <laughs> apparently it's the same thing as allegedly. Oh, no, it is not. Uh, no, that's how that works. Uh, <laughs> hey. That's why I jumped in and said allegedly That is problematic. <laughs> why we are here. Nah, he ain't gonna come for us, man. What I ain't gonna come about the idea that allegedly Andre Iguodala thinks that playing basketball, A, could turn you into a lesbian, and B, doesn't want, wants to restrict his daughter from doing that because it might turn her into a lesbian. Like, there's just so many layers of wrong there. Yeah. 
like you like you just wake up one day like man that crossover last night that's the one that got me like what the <laughs> <fuck>? <laughs> like oh man when I'm, I crossed I'm the line you man it was right there I felt it pop like what's wrong with you bro no that's how that shit work man man like what's crazy is that he hasn't even addressed this and either way even if you're gonna deny it like there's there, you gotta get you gotta get some out on this. Yeah, he, he said nothing. I've looked it up. He hasn't said anything about this, and so it's like his silence is speaking kind of volumes right now because yeah. this was Wednesday that she posted this, that she reposted this. This has yeah. been in the in the stream of consciousness, and he said absolutely nothing on it. And it, it, it's quickly going to spiral into him being the anti Dwayne Wade because he is quite frankly the anti Dwayne Wade. He's that that kind of thought process is unfortunately all too common within the black community, and it's just. We we got to get that kind of stuff out of here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Agreed. No, that's <laughs> I, I mean, it is it is a pretty obvious thing. I don't know if y'all have any <laughs> to say on it. It's, I mean, it's oh, I mean, that's I mean, I, I don't know how else you can add to that. Like, I, I mean, mean to say more, but you know, say less. <laughs> I I mean, no, seriously though. I mean, that's that's about as 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 fine of a point as you can put on that. Like, we. Had we seen the extent that Dwayne Wade has been going for his daughter, had we seen the extent that he's been going to and and everything that he's done to be supportive and not just in his own house, this dude is in public getting to the point where he's gaining almost an iconic status for something outside of basketball. And it may speak to us as as a society but he's gaining an iconic status for something outside of what his area of expertise is just by being supportive and just by not accepting any sort of pushback on anybody over his child. And to me, it's like, you would think we should all be like that, but unfortunately we're not. And we're seeing that right now with Andre Iguodala, like, because now what goes through my head is what happens five or six years from now if Andre Iguodala, Andre Iguodala's daughter, you know, is struggling with her identity? How's he going to react? Well, we, she, yeah. She'll probably want to keep it inside because if, if Andre said that to her mom, there's she knows that. So she knows right. now that uh dad doesn't want me to be a lesbian so if she is actually a lesbian she's not going to come out not to her dad because he doesn't feel like there's a safe space for her to come out and that's the problem based on his response she's right because that doesn't seem like a a safe environment for a child to be who she needs to be if that's in case who if that's in fact who she is obviously we don't know um and you know she might not even know at this point of herself because what she's she's five well now it seems like that was four years ago so she's probably nine i think now yeah um so you know she's still trying to figure all that out but now there's not a safe environment for her to do so if that's what's required um uh, at this point you're kind of wishing for her to not be that only from the standpoint of the environment won't be conducive for her to grow the way she needs to if she is a lesbian or or just no you know or just not heterosexual you know because it's a spectrum she could be a dozen things that aren't you know, that just aren't heterosexual. And all of those seem like they'll be rejected by Andre Iguodala if this is true. Um, and so that's the, that's another, that's a, another sad part about this, you know, first it's sexist because he's trying to control his daughter's, you know, 
past in, in weird ways for weird reasons. And then second, it's, it's, it's homophobic because of, you know, thinking that a sport turns you into a lesbian and then not wanting your daughter to be a lesbian. It's, it's, it's crazy. That's the thing, though. It's kind of just reinforcing the stereotype that people have about the WNBA and, and other um, women's sports and such. It's like any women, any woman that plays these sports, you know, even though they are a great athlete and everything like that, that most of them are going to end up being lesbians and homosexual and such, which, I mean, that's not like a foregone conclusion. And even if it are a large amount of homosexual players in the league, is it not like a bad thing or something? So it kind of brings up a quite a few things about, you know, people just kind of bashing the, the league because they think that, oh, there's a lot of lesbians there. You know how people feel about, about lesbians and homosexuals in general. So he, he's kind of doing even further damage, not only to his own daughter, but also to the league as well. So with him coming out trying to, you know, big up somebody that's in the WNBA, it's like, okay, well, you know, can we take you at face value really? Because the stuff you said, kind of stuff you're inferring means that you really don't think too much about it in the first place. Which is probably why he said the whole no matter thing, because like, oh, I'm doing you a favor by giving you a shout out. Because once again, he thinks that they are down here for whatever reason, be it that they are women, be it that they possibly may be homosexual, be it that he doesn't respect them in terms of the level of ball play, whatever it may be. For some reason, he didn't, he felt that him giving them a random shout out was like, you know, them, him blessing them and they should be grateful for that. It kind of, that's how the tone it kind of had with his, you know, no manners type deal. Um, so it, it's pretty nasty. I, I'm like you, Derek, pretty surprised that he kind of been able to skate by with this since he first said it and since it kind of popped up again. Um, I'm surprised people in the league and the NBA haven't addressed that or even um, more people in the WA, NBA as well. I guess we'll see how it plays out and see if he actually does an official statement or something, but it's going to be interesting to see how he tries to either, you know, backpedal on this or if he does double down and lets people know how he feels about <laughs> um, almost homosexuals. Yeah, that, that, that could pop up as well, so yeah. we'll have to see. Because, you know, we are here saying Black Lives Matter, man, and, you know, they're included. They're included. Black trans lives matter. Black gay lives matter. Black lesbian and lives matter. That's, it's all, it's, it's all. They, they got to all come or we, we, we're, not, we're not really doing equality. We're not really doing justice. We're not really standing up for who's oppressed. And so, like, the fact that the NBA has a dude out here who's saying these things and, and, and has not addressed it is, is, a, is, is a problem. Um, it's a big problem. And just to touch one more on a, one of Daniel's points that I thought was, was, was excellent was that, you know, it plays into that stereotype that to be good at something, you have to be masculine, right? That's why they say that there's a bunch of lesbians in the NBA because they couldn't possibly be good at basketball if they weren't in some form or fashion masculine, masculine. type. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, it's, it's playing into all that kind of nasty stuff that's under the surface of society. And Andre Iguodala hit like a hit like a trifecta of just nasty stuff there. Um, you know, we got like what two counts of sexism, like two two, two counts of homophobia. Like this man's <laughs> this man's hidden hidden for like four counts of just oppressive behavior, and it's unacceptable. All leading from him not paying his damn child support. <laughs> allegedly, 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 not apparently, but allegedly. Thank you, Ed. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, you know what apparently means, right, man? Like, apparently, hey, it's like obvious to us. Not no, that, man. Like, I know. Like, it may or may not happen. Apparently, Allegedly. Means, oh yeah, that's just apparent. I know, man. I know. <laughs> I'm sure. It's what we do on Sunday. 
any last uh, things on that, boys? Are we we gonna get to the to go to the next topic, which was actually let's move on. Uh, Keep it going. We had a second topic that I thought was interesting, not necessarily maybe as you know, we've been doing a lot of stuff on social issues, and that one kind of hit on that. Uh, but this one's more of a kind of like gets into the nitty gritty of like the journalism and basketball and uh, journalism of sports and kind of all that kind of stuff, which interests me. I don't know if it interests y'all. Uh, but during the week, what had happened was uh, the NBA made a decision that despite these eight games happening, that they're not going to factor into any of the awards races. And so uh, columnists and journalists and basketball writers got their awards uh, ballots sent in and, and filled out. And Zach Lowe, every year when he does his awards, he, he puts a, a column out and he explains why he voted the way he does. He's very meticulous about his award, um, his awards, the fact that he has a, a voice in this and he tries to do it to the best that he can because he comes from that Bill Simmons family where they really dig, dig deep and care a lot about these awards. And so apparently the situation is <laughs> that uh, earlier in the year, Brad, Brad Bill of the Washington Wizards appeared on Zach Lowe's podcast, and there's not been a lot of uh, details on what was said, but apparently, in some form or fashion, uh, Zach Lowe implied that Zach, uh, Bradley Bill would be on his uh, All-NBA team, which affects Bradley Bill's contract situation because if he gets on the All-NBA team, he can make uh, more money. Uh, and a significant portion of, of more money uh, with his max contract if he has either, you know, an MVP or an All-NBA team or a certain amount of All-Star game appearances, which he couldn't get because he was snubbed this year from the All-Star team. So there was already that in the air. Um, Zach Lowe has nothing to do with that, him being snubbed from the All-NBA team. I mean, from the uh, – uh, the journalists don't vote on that. It's fans and players, right? Yeah, fans and, play- and coaches. Um, and so anyway, n- neither here Is that what it is? Is it no, no press at all to All-Star voting? Yeah, I don't think the press oh. is involved the All-Star voting at all. But I could be wrong. Oh, okay. I'll look, I'll look it up once we get going. Uh, but back to the matter. Yeah. Um, so Zach Lowe implied that he would be on the ballot at that point of the season, you know, because Bradley Bill's having a, a pretty good year. Um, the Wizards aren't good, but he's good. And so Zach, when he released his <clears throat> when he released his awards ballot officially, um, and he detailed who was on his uh, his team, uh, Bradley Bill was was absent. Bradley Bill was not there. Instead, he had, for the guards, he had LeBron James, James Harden, Chris Paul, Dame Lillard, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum. Um, and he, he basically explained why he did that. Um, basically, it kind of came down to Dame Lillard versus the final, the final uh, couple of two. And he goes, as for Lillard, there's a difference between Portland's 29 and 37 season and what the Hawks and Wizards did. Portland was coming off six straight postings appearances and a run to the conference finals. They had high expectations, way too high. The games, their games mattered. They had real stakes. Also, 29 and 37 in the West is an entirely different animal than 24 and 40 in the junior varsity. That is the Wizards record, especially given how injuries decimated Portland's roster. Lillard almost single-handedly kept them afloat for parts of January and February. Portland somehow outscored opponents with Lillard on the floor. He's not a plus defender, but he fights. Uh, meanwhile, Brad Bill, he went on to talk about how Bradley Bill's uh, defense has slipped, and apparently by the metrics, Bradley Bill's like the second-worst defender in all the NBA. So after uh, after <clears throat> Zach Lowe explained all of that, uh, Brad Bill's wife, Camilla uh, Adams-Bill, took to Twitter, and she said, first off, she retweeted his article with the response, Oh, Zach. So that was the first thing she did. Then she said, let's see, y'all complain at players leaving and joining super teams, then turn around and penalize a player for standing loyal to a city and an organization through a rebuild. Oh, the hypocrisy. 
Um, and then she kind of figured, finished off with podcasts aren't the only time conversations take place. Actually, more is typically said when cameras aren't rolling. Hopefully that one won't go over Mr. Lowe's head. And then Brad also chimed in with a man lied right to my face. They said SMH. And so like this is kind of taken off within the social media world and the, uh, the Reddit sphere, uh, if you will, because Zach Lowe apparently promised Bradley Bill he would be on his team or implied that he would in some way or form and the wires got crossed and the Beals are not happy about it, boys. What say you? Zach Lowe? Scoundrel? Or a dedicated journalist? Or somewhere in between? Uh, somewhere in between, I would say. I mean, yeah, it's kind of dirty that he kind of just told him, yeah, don't worry about it, bro. I got you. You my main man. <laughs> turning on him. But he's not contracted or obligated to actually put him on the team no matter what. It's up to him to decide ultimately. Like, he might have been swayed last second when he actually was making the team or since he had all this time off, he went back and watched more tape or something. So it's not too crazy that he changed it because a lot of time has passed and, you know, they can make their own decision and such. Um, what's more crazy, though, is that the fact that all these all this money is tied to these awards and the control over them is given a lot to the, the media and the press, which means that, that being good with them probably to kind of sway them to get you on the team. So that probably needs to be addressed at some point later on down the road with the collective bargaining because that's kind of crazy that, like like Bradley was saying, like I want a terrible team, so I mean we're not going to have a good record or anything, but that doesn't mean I'm less of a player than you know Damon Litter or whatever. Um, so th- that's pretty rough. Um, it is kind of funny though the clapback form, uh, but overall it's just kind of just how it is right now in the NBA. It's more of uh, or a lot of sports actually is more kind of you know what do you do on the court and also what you do off the court as well in terms of how you are with, with other people. Um, so I know Dame Lillard is, is pretty much loved all throughout the league as well. So that might give him like a little push going forward to he has a great narrative. Um, I think he's going to be on the cover of 2K coming up. So he had a lot of stuff rolling for him that might have given him that extra like push and momentum to kind of go up the hill to say, okay, let's give him more rewards and accolades because he's getting more of FaceTime, more popularity as of right now. So he's currently in the spotlight in the moment. So that might sway them later on. Because I think that if the season had continued on and we didn't have the stop because of COVID, then yeah, he probably put Brady Bill on there because of the way he was playing. Um, but when the game stopped and then you have to kind of get back to where you were before, then you kind of don't have that same feeling or mindset of when you have been watching someone play, when you had that big of a time off. So maybe other things might have influenced them later on down the road um, because of that stop. Um. You know, I, I think I'll maybe look at this from a slightly different standpoint. I agree with everything um, Daniel just said. Um, my problem is, is why are you, I mean, I get the money aspect of it. So I won't flat out say like, why are you worried about what this dude is talking about? My concern is, is the whole like, oh, we kind of got a wink, wink, nod, nod, you know, like, hey, man, I got you. Like. I'm not feeling that. And, and, and the main reason being is because you're in a sport where we, you just talked about how COVID-19 hit off and the season had this huge, like three, four month time frame in between games. And it's like, you look at situations like that happening. And then this idea that somebody might, I don't know, maybe not change their mind at some point during the course of the season or might see something that, you know, changed their mind. If you come to me at some point, and if I'm a writer and you come to me at some point in the NBA season early on, I don't know, the first few weeks, a month or so of the season, and, and, you know, and you're hitting me up like, hey, man, what's up? Am I getting that nod on the all-NBA team? And then 
you ex- like, first of all, you shouldn't even be having that conversation with media, in my opinion. I, I'm not in media. I'm not an NBA player. I'm not on either of those circles, but I'm just thinking of it from a straight just standpoint of if I'm somebody that is in a particular career field and my job is to do the best possible job I can at all times, and I understand that I don't work on a contract where I can get an incentive or something like that. But that being said, even with the incentive and all those things that go with it and your contract, unless you have a real actual friendship with this person, you should not be having a conversation about whether or not that person's going to put you on the list. This is not a fucking nightclub. <laughs> you should not be worried about somebody putting you on a list. You should be balling and you should do what you have to do to the point where, cause I know he's not the only writer. He can't, he's no, not the only yeah. guy, right? So yeah, in my opinion, I'm like, if you out here balling, enough writers are going to see what you're doing, but you're in a sport where there's 10 guys on the court at, at a time, all the time, every night. Each team's got anywhere from 12 to 15 players. And a good portion of those guys are out on the floor. And the idea that you're going to go and oh, I'm going to grab my guy over here and I'm just going to say what I got to say. Zach Lowe did not prevent you from making the All-NBA team. At least I don't think so. He's one writer. Well, we right? don't know. We don't know. Well, I mean, he, look, if he missed it by one, okay, I I guess. But I'm pretty sure there's other writers that probably didn't put him on the list either. Am uh, I right? You know, I mean, we don't know yet. I well, don't, the, the, the point I'm making is, is I know there's a lot of writers, and I understand that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he did not make the All-NBA team because one guy. The reason he's just mad because that one guy put out a post where he said who he put, and I'm like, that's dumb, man. Like, I'm sorry. I, I can't sympathize with this dude. I get it. It took some money out of his pocket. But I can't sympathize with the cat because, you know what, it's a whole lot of writers that are involved in some of these awards. People bitch and moan about the MLB and guys not making the damn Hall of Fame every year. They do the same with NFL. Okay. The reason why MLB gets so much pub is because it's for some reason, it's just such a prestigious hall of fame. I don't know what that's all about. Um, Same with the NFL, but bottom line is these guys are going around lobbying writers when what they should be doing is going out and just trying to be as best as they possibly can and let the chips fall where they may. So I don't feel bad Mm -hmm. for Bradley Beal just because of that reason. It sucks. The guy told you something and then he changed his mind. Oh, geez. (laughs) But guess what? He wasn't the one writing that check that you were going to get if you made the All-NBA team. So sit your ass down and be quiet. Go play ball. <laughs> like, yo, real talk, man. Like, I'm sorry. It's like I'm not, I'm not like players are, are spoiled guy. I'm not players get enough money. They shouldn't be complaining. I get that. Especially mm-hmm. if you've been disrespected for years and years. If you've been in the league four or five years and you really feel like there's a good two or three years where you should have made it, I get you. Be mad because you didn't make it and keep moving, keep working harder. But like, nah, man, ain't nobody going to feel sorry for you. And you all on social media putting the dude on blast. Ain't nobody going to feel sorry for you because a writer changed his mind. I'll be damned. A writer changed his mind. What? <laughs> Crazy, yo. Crazy. That's all nah. I got on this case, man. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know why it hits me different. I don't know why it hits me different. I really mm-hmm. don't. I don't know why it hits me different, but I'm just, I don't, I don't like the whole, all the media are, are snakes. And that's probably why it's hitting me different right now is because 
I keep, every time I keep hearing this mainstream media, the media this and the media that and the media this, this, that's their job is to sell whatever kind of publication it is. If it's internet, if it's paper, if it's whatever it is, their job is to put things out there that, that get people to read it. They get yeah. people to do their thing. So stop being mad at this dude for changing his mind, man. Go play ball. You're going to make a lot of money in your career. A lot. Mm-hmm. You're going to make hundreds of millions of dollars because you're that good of a player. So don't sweat Zach Lowe over you not making an <laughs> all-NBA team when he probably wasn't the deciding vote. I'm going to go ahead and say he probably wasn't. I know we don't know, but I'm going to say he wasn't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Nah, man, that one that one hit me different, dude. I'm not even. I see, media. Dang. I'm, yeah, I'm not even media, but I got friends as media, and 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 I hate the narrative that gets attached to them over shit like this. I can't stand it, dude. Give uh, a second for Toronto to cool off, <laughs> man, because he knows that Jack Lowe is probably not the only one who has done this, and so he knows he's unlikely to make the All NBA team, and so he, this is kind of. One of the reasons that Bradley Bill is mad is because he sees it as the journalists are taken away from his, his paper, and Zach Lowe has become the face of that for him, it seems like. Also, it does seem like Zach Lowe said this. Um, and so it, it, it's interesting, right, because it, it, puts the, it, it shows the unsavory nature of sports media with the athletes because they're tasked with trying to cover the athletes like unbiased, as unbiased journalists. At the same time, they need the athletes for access, for stories, to get background information. They need to have relationships with these people. And so all this stuff gets entangled. And so you see it with these, kind of, with these issues in sports, and these kind of things don't necessarily matter. They're kind of fun to talk about and pick apart. It matters to Brad Bill, but in the grand scheme of things, Brad Bill's going to make a lot of money anyway. Entangled. It's entanglement, yo. But when you, oh, entanglement. Uh, we're we, we entangling. I can catch it. Uh, you take this kind of same thing and you bring it over into the other media landscape where it's more important like politics and you can see how these kind of things get messy like you have a source but then you have to also cover him you have to cover your bases with that source but then you also have to build a relationship with that source so maybe you're giving information they're giving you information they shouldn't be and these things all get kind of kind of messy even in the you know in the non-sports world in the sports world, it's, it's all fun and games, right? So it's, it's funny it, for the most part. But, you know, there's been a large clapback from the athletes about the control that the media have over, over they, they, their things, over how they're perceived, over sometimes their money. And Zach Lowe's kind of getting the brunt of that this very moment. D? But it, is it messy just on Zach Lowe's part, but also, also messy on Bradley Bill's part, do you think? Is it messy on both sides? Because I think the, the, the way this popped up is because Bradley Bill was out here campaigning to convince people to put him on the team. That's why it kind of seems to me like he kind of like, hey, can I get your, you know, get your agreement that, that you can put me on there? He's like, okay, I got you, bro. I was like, all right, cool. You probably went to other people as well because it's not about, like I said, it's not about what you do on the court. It's also about off the court as well, your relationships too. But if you went to like every other, you know, journalist out there and try to convince them like, hey, you know, I've been killing it, right? I've been killing it, right? You're going to put me on there? That's cool. All right. Appreciate you. He probably, he might be out there behind the scenes campaign to get on there like other players are as well. And he thought he had an assurance that, okay, I've done enough. You know, we've had whatever week, wing conversation, handshake and under the table deal or something that I'm going to be on here. You know, it's cool. I gave him some type of interview and now I can get this, like get my Supermax contract or something. But you probably feel slighted because like we had an agreement 
And then now it comes out that you didn't honor that, even though it wasn't like an actual agreement out in public. Now you probably kind of feel some type of way. But is he also wrong for me even to approach him initially like that? Because it kind of seems that's kind of the reason why does he even have these type of conversations? Like, why just like pop out of nowhere? I I never I haven't even thought of it from that perspective that Bradley Beal could be out here campaigning. The way that I, this hit my mind, and maybe it's because I'm just like kind of not nefarious in any way, so I just thought of it very very standard. The way I thought about this was, hey, Bradley Bill. Sure? <laughs> <laughs> think I'm a nefarious guy, Terrell. What's happening? Uh, I say recharacter. They came in. The way this hit my head is like, hey, Bradley Bill was on Zach's podcast. And they were just kind of having a kind of a conversation, and then at the end, uh, Zach just happened to be like, hey, you know, you're on my All NBA team. And that, that was kind of that was kind of the end of it, and they went on about their business. Which to me, that's not like a binding contract of hey, you're on, I'm going to vote for you for the All NBA team. That's more of a hey, the season ended right now. You were on my team. You're playing some good ball. Like hey, keep it up, man. And so that struck that struck Bradley as a as a as a promise. But Zach was just saying what he was thinking in the moment. Which right. even that you have to be leery of when you're a media person. You have to understand that those things kind of affect what's going on. So that from Zach's standpoint, he still has some obligation to to keep that to keep that to keep that separate to keep what's separate separate. But also another thing that seems to have affected Bradley Beal here and Zach Lowe's vote is that the NBA changed kind of last second who was going to be allowed to be guards. Um, and so as you see on Zach Lowe's ballot, he has LeBron James. He has Ben Simmons and he has Jason Tatum as guards. And so when you take those dudes and you put them at guard, there's no space left for Dame Lillard. I mean, for Dame Lillard. There's no space left uh, for Bradley Beal. Um, and those dudes weren't uh, – Ben Simmons was probably going to be labeled a guard, but all those other dudes, LeBron James, even though he played a lot of point guard this year, and Jason Tatum being a guard who actually plays more small ball forward, that, that took a spot away from Bradley Beal, frankly. And I don't see – that's another funny thing about it, right? Is Bradley Beal and his wife want him on the team, right? Who are you taking off? Who you taking off? You see, that's what I was gonna. That's oh, what, oh. Should you tell me you better than Braun? Because yeah. that's it. Might be Dame Lola, I would think. But that's what I was gonna take. Is like, who are you gonna take off? Because even in order for Zach Lowe to get Luca on there, he put Luca as a forward, and so when Luca plays guard more than anything, so like. My thing was, who are you going to take out, Brad? <laughs> like, who out of those uh, yeah. six guards you going to take out? Like, you ain't going to take out Dame Miller. Miller. Understand Dame Miller. You just ain't going to – there's a so, point where you know nah, we ain't taking Dame Miller off, literally off of nobody's list. That, that's Oakland right there. We can't do that. He, 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 that's that dude. But uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, though, like, with the way the league – you know, it's so funny because I was looking at my phone a little while ago and they – and Pop uh, – they just recently quoted Pop because they was asking him some questions about, like, guard play and stuff like that. And one of the things he said was, there are no more point guards. It's now just perimeter players. Pop just said that, mm-hmm. like, minutes ago. Yeah. Like, it's crazy because he's right, and it just fit right into our conversation. We have this situation where you have guys that are no longer point guards, shooting guards. Um, you know, they're just guys that play out on the perimeter. You either play inside or you play outside. That's it. And that's yep. how the NBA – that's where the NBA is. You play small or you play big, and that's pretty much it. This situation kind of on an offhanded way kind of reminds me of – I don't know if y'all ever seen the movie Life with Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy, which was like a big mm-hmm. – the two of them got together. And there's a point where they're on the yard, and they got the – you know, remember the dude that was slow, Bokeem Woodbine played um, uh, Can't Get Right? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And they, yeah. they was lobbying this dude to get they was his handlers. And they was lobbying this dude that was, I guess, he wasn't really media. He was like a guy that worked with the team. He was kind of media. And they were like, all out of jail. Not just can't get right, yeah. get them all out yeah. of jail. Get them all and out. And he was like, okay, I got y'all, I got y'all. And mm. then can't get right was packed his bags and he was getting in the car. And they was like, what, what, wait, hold up. That's Bradley <laughs> Bill right now. Like he's Martin and Eddie. Like he's like, hold up, man. Like you said, you had me, bro. Don't look at me. No, can't get right is what happened to the league. Can't get right means the league said that guards is now dudes that's six foot ten out here dribbling when they should be down low. Okay, the the, the yep. NBA is can't get right because the NBA got LeBron out here talking about he a guard. That's what's going on right now, bro. Stop being mad at the media. Be mad at the NBA and be <laughs> mad at the fact that guess what? It's too many dudes like you in the NBA. Oh, You're not unique. I'm, I'm just saying, be mad that your contract is tied to these awards. They, they shouldn't be tied to these yeah. awards. That's crazy. Yeah, that's really what they shouldn't. need to renegotiate. That's making yeah, it sense. It really shouldn't. Yeah, that's a whole nother subject. But I mean, yeah, it's like you, you, you have to be unique in this league to get any kind of real accolades right now. And it might be like that in some other leagues, but the NBA specifically, like if you're not a really small guy, <laughs> a relatively small guy out there balling with all these dudes, with these big dudes, or you're not a really big guy that's, that's out there guarding five positions, like, well, like a LeBron James almost, like if you're not one of those type of dudes, you're not going to get, you're, then you're not going to get your foot in the door when it comes to some of these accolades like All-NBA and, and even – I mean, yeah. people talk about the All-Star game, and that's not really as big of a, of a deal. But, like, when we talk about All-NBA, you're not going to get your foot in the door on a lot of that if you're a six-six shooting guard. It, really? You want to be a six-six shooting guard in the NBA and expect somebody to pick you out of a crowd? Nah, bro. This is – well. If, if you're trying to be unique, you got to be like, where's Waldo? I, I – Sorry, dude. It's just a whole bunch of Bradley Bills, and then it's like a handful of other dudes like that that are outside of the norm. So no, he shouldn't be expecting Terrell, to go all NBA. Terrell, they're not a whole bunch of Bradley Bills now. They're not a whole bunch of Bradley Bills. Come on, come on now. What is Bradley? Boy, his stature, but not his game. No, the way he plays. Not, but, not, but, but not, here's the thing, though. The average I mean, Terrell doesn't player. like Bradley no more, bro. So <laughs> and I love him. I think I, his game is amazing. He's great. Like, I, I remember, like, one of the first games. I think they, they played the Spurs the first game of the season, I believe. And yeah. he, he did well. I mean, he's amazing. But the problem yeah. is, is that, unfortunately, that is what people, when we talk about these awards, that's what they're looking at. They'll see 6'6 guard and, you know, and then they're going to stats. Are you averaging 10 assists a game as a 6'6 shooting guard? Are, are you are you um are, are you averaging uh I don't know, like look look at DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray is 6'5, got a big wingspan. The dude gets more rebounds than he gets assists. I mean, yeah. when I look at something like that, he stands out from the crowd of other 6'5 guards. If I'm looking at other 6'5 guards, if I'm looking at a list of 6'5 guards, names be damned, we'll throw those out. But if I'm looking at stats and I see a 6'5 guard with seven or eight rebounds a game, I'm kind of looking at that a little bit closer like, huh, that's interesting. Because if I see 
five, six, six guards that are averaging 22 and, and, and three assists and maybe four or five rebounds, that doesn't stand out to me. So that's kind of how I look at it with Bradley Beal. It's like he's doing what a six, six guard should do. Let, let's 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 break let's get it let's get it down to to, to the numbers D. Let, let, let me see how this hits you because Dame Lillard this is this was what Dame did this year uh 28.9 points a game uh 40 from three basically 40 percent from three uh 4.3 rebounds 7.8 assists a steal uh half a block basically a game here's Brad Bill uh 30.5 points a game 35 percent from three 4.2 rebounds 6.1 assists, a steal, and a, and a little bit of change a game, and then a, about a half a block a game. And then, you know, uh, Dame's in the West. Bradley's in the East with a, with, a, with a worse record. With Dame had 35 wins or whatever. Bradley had 24, so that's like 11 more wins or some, something like that. Uh, you know, John Wall's out for the Wizards, but the, the, the injuries that Portland's had uh, have been kind of insane this year. And so Dame kind of went on this run that a lot of people are saying is one of the better runs a guard's ever had in basketball. And so that stands out MVP in people. caliber. Um, and then you also factor in that that uh, Bradley Bill is a minus defender this year. Like, basically, he's the second worst defender in the league. And I think that's oh. what – Dame can't defend either. What are y'all talking about? Well, but, here, but where does he rank, though? Since, 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 Dame's not the second worst defender in the like, league. Like when we're, when so, we're so okay, so this, 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 straws, man. You got to pick some out of out of a crowd. He yeah, has, there you go. Better defender. But I'm gonna I'm 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 let you know why I'm gonna let you know why they had this big difference between Dame Litter and Bradley Beal. It's because of the teams that they're on, though. Really, that's what it is. In terms of talent, they're probably pretty comfortable in talent, but Dame gets way more exposure playing on Portland because for a while it was a better team. It is in a better market. And they've been relevant more a lot longer than the Wizards have. So if you had switched places with them, Dane probably would go. Dane probably would go for like forty points on the Wizards, I think. But he wouldn't get as much shine and accolades in terms of what he's getting now if he wasn't on a good team that has other stars like Melo on there, that has CJ McCollum. When you're surrounded with other stars, then your team is more relevant. So people actually pay attention to more of your games. How many people watch a Wizards game? Hardly anybody. How many people pay attention to, to, to Portland Trailblazer games? Most people do. Because they know that they're a talented team, even if they are injured, they're like, "Oh, when they when they get back, though, they're gonna make a run." So I'm just saying, it, it's it's a lot more than just, "Oh, he's just another guy out there because he can drop like 30 points and whatever." Like, no, his talent is top tier to where he should be getting supermax money. But in terms of popularity and exposure, he's not the same level as Damian Lillard because Dame, like I said, is gonna be on the cover of 2K. Um, he does all these shows. He does he does um, commercial, all that kind of stuff too because he's in a better situation in terms of a team and in terms of exposure for the team he's currently on. So why, you you just can't give writers a reason to leave you out. Yeah, so but why, why would we penalize Dane for being on the better team, though? What is it? Wait, what he's is not it? being penalized, though. He's on the team. So, he's not so, being penalized at all. We're saying Bradley's being penalized. No, but I'm saying, so why should we penalize? What you're saying, what you sounds like what you're saying is that Bradley should get on the all-NBA team just because he's on the worst of the team. That's what it sounds like. Y'all were saying, saying y'all were saying y'all were saying who is he gonna pick to take off of that team that he would replace right. or something. I said Damian Lillard. And I said that is the most obvious one to me. <laughs> because like because like Terrell said, they're not they're not gonna take off Ben Simmons because he's a six ten point guard. They're not gonna replace him with Bradley Beal, not gonna replace LeBron James. All these other guards. Well, think about Jason it. Jason Tatum is the is, is the uh, the rising star in the NBA. They're not gonna replace him either. Well, 
They I'm want him to be the next face yeah. of the NBA pretty soon. Yeah, but so but Jason Tatum and Ben Simmons are on on and Zach Lowe's list. They're on the third team, and so you you talk about taking off Dame, you put dubbing them over those two guys. But Dame's on the second. You can put, team. You can put we can put Dame down, and if you want, I'm just saying oh. Bradley should. If Bradley say he needs to be on there and he wants to pick somebody, then you can pick Dame. You can put other people too. But I'm just saying he has a number of names you can go off of that say that he should be on there as well. It's not just cut and dry. These guys are up here, and then Bradley's down here. So how could you even have anybody off of those teams? But, I mean, That's I just my thing. Like, I just, I, I just threw a name right. out there for Dane, but I'm saying right. he could pick other people on there and have a, a case of being on there, being on the list. But ultimately, he's getting hurt because of the market he's in, because of the team that he's on. That is, it's going to be that much harder for him to get to that next level of being seen in that tier of them, even though he has the same type of talent they do. I mean, which is why so I'm saying put, is he, put, he's trying to. You would you put Bradley over uh, Kyle? Kyle Lowry? Yeah. Yeah. And you not? You think Kyle Lowry? Should uh, oh. Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry took is carrying his uh his team right now, and so why why shouldn't Kyle Lowry get on there? And they have the better. Bradley carries Bradley carrying team right now. Too. The, but who's Kyle? Lowry, who, who's Kyle Lowry's teammate? Who's his teammate? Who's his teammate? He got a out. lot of them, according to LeBron James, after that ass whooping <laughs> they put on the Lakers the other night. <laughs> I'm just saying. But like, all I'm saying, all I'm saying, I just want to get this in right quick. In my opinion, you should, you, you can't have anything. If somebody's, if, if a writers, if the writers are gonna have to compare a bunch of guys that kind of look similar on a stat sheet, you can't have one or two things on your stat sheet that make you look bad the the whole thing with defending you you can't be a minus def, you can't like you they, because they're going to use it against you we we can sit here and debate about what, who's a better player if they played one-on-one -on -one or whatever or who has a bigger impact but realistically these these guys eventually after writing about these dudes and looking at stats and looking at a computer screen they're eventually going to come down to, okay, I got a couple of spots and I got like four or five guys. Um, what can I look at as a mark, a check mark against XYZ player where I can mark him off the list? And that's mm -hmm. unfortunately the one area where they're going to look at. Um, personally, I think that Dame has carried that team. Yes, they have good players on the team, but I still feel like you take him out of the equation and I can't see them going very far. Um, do I see something similar with Washington? Yeah, but the problem is Washington ain't going no damn where with it. So it's like that right there is another one of those check marks that I talk about with I'm a writer and I'm looking at why not to have him on the list versus Dane is because, yeah, unfortunately, as much as we hate to say it, the team's record and how you impact the team's record does come into play. It has to, at least on some of those writers, you know. And so I don't know, man. I mean, it's just I think it comes. I go back to my original issue, which is, by the way, I changed the um, format on my TV. Y'all can see the players a little bit better, right? Okay. Indeed, yeah. Thank Anyhow, you. Sir. Like I was saying, um, <laughs> but yeah, man. You know, it's like I, I just, I just feel like there's a point where you go out and you ball. You have to get out there. Make it, make it, make a, a writer feel like they're going to be an idiot for leaving you off their list. Because Zach Lowe don't feel like an idiot for leaving Bradley Beal off his list. He doesn't. He may not right. feel like an idiot even if he was an idiot for doing it. But the bottom line is, <laughs> you don't. You're not making him feel bad because he's got 
the guys that he's got on the list ahead of you. Like nobody. Yeah, but I mean, but even looking at his list, I pulled up right now. Like all people he has on his team are all people that are in like contention in the playoffs, though. So obviously, it's very skewed in terms of are you on a good team? If so, here's your reward for also being a good player on a good team. So that's yeah, what I'm I mean, saying. For me, for for me, my issue is more with the contracts tied to it because obviously, unless you're on a playoff team, you're probably not going to be on these teams. So it's going to hurt you in terms of getting your money further down the line, anyways. Uh, that's what hurt Anthony Davis for a while anyway, uh, when he's with uh, the Pelicans because they had this, such garbage team for so long. He never got on any of these uh, a lot of these teams because the team was so terrible. But he was like a transcendent player, though. But it, it counted against him because of him being on such a bad team. Yeah. My thing, D, like, is that because you you're you're the one who picked Dame Lillard off the list, so that's why we attacked you with Dame Lillard. And, it's, <laughs> you, you and because I'm from Oakland, I just did it because I'm from Oakland. Just because it's, I felt like I felt like they were close, right? I'm not saying that Dame is so much above Bradley Bill this season, yeah. but then when we went to the tiebreakers, I felt like Bradley lost all three of the tiebreakers, right? Like worst team. Slightly, slightly worse stats, I think, overall. You know, he's having like a point and a half a game more. And then the defense. Like, yeah, Dame's not a good defender, but he's not the second worst defender metrically in the NBA. And so, like, we start, we go to the tiebreakers, and it felt like Brad lost all those. Now, if he would have went to a Ben Simmons, then maybe it would have been, you know, I kind of would have – I, I would have – I'm not saying there's no argument for Bradley Beal to be all, on the All-NBA team, but what I am saying is I do not think there's an argument for him to be on the All-NBA team over Dame Lillard. Right. My thing is, all, all we said was, hey, these people on the team right now, why are you complaining because you shouldn't be on there anyways? I could pick about three or four people on there that he can actually make an argument against them being off of there and him being on there as well. Will right. it be a really compelling argument? Like, no, I'm sure, I can see why he's upset, though. It's like, hey, I feel like I'm in that same realm of these guys yeah. and had things been differently, I probably should be there as well instead of how I was playing. Now, for my list, would he be on there? No, I don't think he would be on there either. But I can see why he's upset about it, though. I, I think he has reason to be upset. But, again, that's just how the system is set up in terms of there's only so many slots to get in there. And, unfortunately, unless you have a good team, you're probably not going to get on the team. And he only can control so much of that because, I mean, his other co-star has been hurt for quite a few seasons anyways. And he's not really with the best organization. So he might be stuck in terms of being, you know, not on these teams unless he decides to leave which is like his wife was saying, you're not rewarding people for staying anymore. You're rewarding them for leaving and, and going to super teams or getting on really good teams. And they get rewarded with accolades with super mass contracts and such. And that's not, that's wrong in terms of how people want to keep their, their hometown heroes, you know, on the same team. But what they're clearly showing is, Hey, you need to go and get on a good team because if you're on a good team, not only we go deeper in the playoffs, but then you have to get more financially as well. And that's what he was trying to combat. But what we're seeing right now, just based on this list, for, for Zach Lowe's list, a lot of people are putting a lot of credence on being on a good team. And that's really, really the end of it. Because, yeah, uh, Dame Lillard is amazing as well. But at the end of the day, though, a lot of it is because he's doing so well on a good team. And they in the, in the race in the West as well against good competition. And that's Dame, really a big part of why a lot of people, these people are on, on this list right now. But, D, Dame Lillard's not on a good team. He's on a 30, 30 and 37 team. He's not in the playoffs right now, so like they're trying to right. get. You can crack through it, but you gotta you gotta be elite. And Dame no, no, no. So that that Lowe said on his his little dissertation about it that he was on a good team prior season. Did he did he not say that? Yeah, he said he's giving. So, he, so, so, so he's season. getting credit for being on past teams that were good. 
Has Bradley Bill been on passions that are good? Yeah, he has. They made the playoffs. They made the playoffs. Did he put that win? When did the win? And did it? And did it and, and did say that they were? And did it say that they were a good team? They're saying that Portland actually was a contender and that they were a contender before, and now they're currently struggling getting playoffs or whatever. But he's getting credit for his past accomplishments for being on a good team, and that's still carrying over to now. Is what I'm saying. It's not so cut and dry. Are you on a good team now? Or are you not anymore? It's like no. Things you've done in the past in terms of being on a good team still carrying over and boosting you in terms of popularity and exposure will put you in another tier regardless of what you're doing on the court because they're all going to be great players because they all are great players. But what can you do that's more than that? More than that is, okay, are you looked at to be someone who, who does well when it's against good competition and on a very talented team as well? And Damon Lillard checked all those boxes, which is why he's right now about to be like the poster boy of the NBA because he's done well on good teams and he's but, done well on bad teams, but he, if you never did well on good teams, it wouldn't mean anything. I think you're reading a little too into his like six consecutive playoff thing. He, his, the main, his main argument was the defender thing and the, the East is a junior varsity and Dame has a, has a better record more so than he was saying he gets credit for past performances. That was kind of an aside writerly, like to get into his main points that the, the, the Portland Trailblazers had higher expectations and they fell short of those. And so such and such and such. But I, I think his main points were mostly the record this year and the fact that Bradley Bill's defense kind of fell off a cliff this year. Also, just so I can get this in, <laughs> this, is, this is the first time ever in the history of ever I've heard anyone say that the Portland market is bigger than the Washington, D.C. market. What was, what was that's that? Not what, that's not what I said. I said in terms of exposure. You, you, yeah. in that, you said the market was better. You said he was in a better market. Yeah, better market for exposure. Not talking about not, not, not talking about not talking about business. I'm talking about exposure for in terms of people watching basketball. If you want to watch basketball, you're not going to watch a Washington Wizards game. You watch a Portland Trailblazer game. It's a better market for basketball, but not for business. So I mean, New York is the best. New York is the best market in terms of bas- in terms of business in all of the NBA. Is it the best market for basketball? The New York market is it, it in terms yes. of in terms of exposure. For, no, yeah, in terms of basketball, in terms of people going to watch basketball. If you turn on – Are you talking about exposure, like people watching the games? People watching the game. Yeah, there's no better market than, than the Knicks market. Yes. Than the you watch, so, so everybody watch all the New York Knicks games. I, I don't know what everybody does. I just know that that's one of the media hubs of the world. So like, yeah, it's – Yes, media hub, but in terms of – He's talking popularity, about fan, fan exposure. Pop, pop, He's talking about fan exposure. Fan exposure. So like, Oh, right. popularity for it, though. So, so he's talking about fan exposure. So, like, the casual fan, are you going to watch the Portland Trails, Trailblazer game? Us. Are we going to watch the Portland Trailblazer game over Washington Wizard game? What game would we choose to watch? We're talking about Zach Lowe, who's stationed on the East Coast and probably doesn't even stay up late for Portland Trailblazer games. Or at least if he does, he's doing his extra homework. We're not talking about casual NBA fan. We're talking about, we're talking about NBA writers and NBA media. And the East Coast, the, the, is, the East Coast is the hub for all of that. So I don't. The I don't same thing that the, the same thing that gets these players. The same thing gets these players on the all star all star teams in terms of exposure, in terms of popularity. It's not because they're on the New York Knicks. It's because they're very popular players on popular teams. If they're in small markets, they're still a popular team in a popular market in terms of viewership for basketball. So that's why they get on the all star game, and it also gets them more push for these all NBA teams as well. So it's not just about how many dollars they make because of the city that they're in. It's, called, it's about public perception. 
And public perception as of right now for Portland is that it is a better place for basketball than it is than Washington is in terms of basketball. And that's all I'm trying to say. In terms of dollars, yes, we know we know how the dollars work. Everybody knows because the Knicks, once again, are the most valuable team in all the NBA. Does that mean that they're also the most popular in terms of people wanting to watch the game? No. But is media there? Of course, because it's in New York. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about public perception. I think this year that, uh, Daniel, you're, um, I, I think what you're saying would apply uh, this last couple of years probably more than anything because if you think about it, if you're watching, if you're a random casual NBA fan, if you watch a Portland game, you've got a better chance that you're going to see them against the Lakers, the Clippers, um, uh, you know, uh, and, Bears, you could say Dallas, you could say Houston. you got a better chance that you're going to see them against what are probably three of the top five teams in the league. You've got a better chance because they're on, because it's the West, you know, it's the West. Um, so in that aspect, I agree because it, it's one of these situations where it's like, if you just take out, the way that they measure market size in professional sports, generally speaking, and you just look at it from a standpoint of if I turn on my cable TV, what am I going to see? I've got a lot less chance of seeing because maybe because I'm in the West, because, you know, like, like Derek was saying, this dude is a East, he's an East coast writer. So, but if I'm turning on my TV, I've got a lot less of a chance of seeing Bradley Bill play than I do seeing Dame Lillard play. And I'm probably seeing Dame Lillard play because he's going against the Lakers or the Clippers or Houston or somebody like that. So on that end, I agree. I mean, I think um, there's even a good chance because if you think about TNT, I mean, come on, man. TNT ain't playing. <laughs> you ain't going to see too many Washington games on TNT. It's usually going to be them West Coast teams and they're in Atlanta. So I, mean, mm-hmm. so I get that aspect of it. Um, I, for me, I'm just biased, and I just think Dave Little is a better player. Um, but I go back to that original situation, which is that, and and again, this is where I agree with Derek a little bit here, is where don't give me that checklist, and when I'm checking off everything, you got those two or three glaring things that are not helping your case for all NBA. You can't be a crappy defender, you know, and – be crappier than the other guy that I might, I might want to consider putting you uh, knocking off the list for you. Like if everybody else is a better defender, if everybody else is on a better team record wise, maybe um, I don't agree. I don't, I don't like the idea of, you know, Oh, well last year you did this and the year before you did that. I don't personally like that part of it. Um, you know, you can't really tell a writer what to do, but I think they should only be looking at what they see right from here. the beginning of this current season going forward um, or not going forward, but they should be looking at what they've seen up to this point um, in the current season. Um, And that may have weighed, you know, better for Bradley Beal, just from a standpoint of, you know, he's, he's again, he's had an amazing season. Um, But yeah, man, I mean, it's just, it's tough, but I still am. I'm going to die on that same hill. (laughs) Bro, you can't be mad at a writer for changing their mind. The, Port- the Portland yeah. had 20 national television games. How many do the Washington Wizards have? Get- I'm assuming more. Otherwise, you wouldn't have brought this shit up. Thanks. Hopefully 20. I mean, <laughs> uh, what, 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 Ed? 
I said facts. <laughs> I'm agree with what Terrell said. <laughs> well, you're wrong. The Washington Wizards had one. Oh, well, there you go. I, like I, I said, that, but that's why I was making that point. This conversation, whether it proves me right or wrong, it's <laughs> well, no, I, it's not about being wrong. I'm just saying that was why I made that point because I can think of off the top of my head when the season was in the real season was going on. I, I'm not this when the real season was going on. I could literally think off the top of my head that I know without trying to find them, I probably saw at least five uh, uh, Portland Trailblazers game or games that they were in. I probably saw at least five and I was not trying to find them. I just happened to see the games and I know I can't think of other than when they played the Spurs in the first game of the season, I did not see Washington game. So, yeah. And that, that hurts him. I, I do believe it hurts him, but I also believe again, stop complaining. You know, if you really think that, that, you know, and I don't know what he thinks about it other than what he said, if he really thinks that where he's at hurts him, okay, fine, go somewhere else. Everybody else does it. Yeah, I mean, everybody yeah, I mean, else going to make a super <laughs> team. Go ahead, and go west. That's the thing too. With go ahead, D. Oh, okay, D. Y'all think that's the thing though? It's um, I know his wife was saying that you know it's a bad showing for someone who wants to stay at home, stay home and kind of to be with one team and not a super team. He kind of gets hurt for it, but. In that same sense, though, he did make that decision himself. So, can you really be too salty if this happens? Because you kind of know what what how what goes with it. It's like people love super teams, people love good teams. So, unfortunately, if you do decide to stay home and be loyal, it's going to hurt you personally down the road. Although, as a team overall, it might be good for your you know your, your community there and such. So, it's a decision everybody has to make, and it's a lot easier to make it than now because there's less backlash for joining up. So, I mean, that's good for the players. But in terms of what the league's trying to do, if they actually want these players to stay, they need to change some things because right now they're just showing that financially it makes more sense for you to go somewhere else because there's less of a workload on you. You get more nasty televised games. Um, you're probably going to have a better record and go deeper in the playoffs, maybe win some championships. Oh, and also you might make some more money doing it too. So it's like, well, you know, why should I stay by myself when I can jump somewhere else to a bigger market or whatever and get more money and win championships and just, you know, have a better time all around. So... Gotta, that's something that they, they need to look into. Oh, go ahead. You got to remember that he, they're not necessarily going to get more money because to jump to another team, you then lose the right to be the franchise player. Yeah. Because you have to be with that team for a certain amount of years and make the All NBA team and be or and or be an MVP. So you you do take a monetary hit for jumping up and and and, and going to another team. Um, yeah, you just a supermax. Brad Beal's in league to get this contract. This kind of contract is because he has stuck with the Wizards. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like he's going to get the All NBA stuff. Uh, to to back that up, so that's 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 another thing. Uh, I think we do have to get somewhere in between Brad Bill's wife, who thinks that Brad Bill was legitimately in the MVP conversation, and Terrell Huff, who thinks that Brad Bill is just like any other six six. <laughs> that made me mad, bro. I was like, what are you talking about? He does not look different. When I turn on the NBA game, Derek, put off the screen. <laughs> if I just if I just look at him, okay, I see another six six guard that can score. Oh, that's nice. It's a whole but, lot. But of but you see, but Dame Litter looks different out there. The dude's all like six three. Exactly. That's my point, though. And he's carrying the whole team at six three. <laughs> so, so Brad Bill. He's six three. <laughs> he is carrying his whole team. What are you talking about? <laughs> Carrying well, them on the Wizards. Hey, hey. To, to hey. nothing, but he's carrying them there, though. 
<laughs> so, so the all boils down to is that the fact that Dame lives from Oakland, he and you know, and Bradley Bill has plays on a team with a crappy ass, crappy as a mascot. Damn wizards, man! Yeah, <laughs> all mascots in Washington sucks, man. Bring back the bullets. <laughs> I'm down for that, yeah. Yeah, see, nobody I'm was trying to figure out wizard? how come Redskin. Oh, oh, oh. I'm oh. trying to figure out how come Washington football point. team didn't change their team name all that time, but let a oh, but an NBA team got to change their name from the Bullets. So, mm-hmm. so, just to clean a couple of things up, Bradley Bill history. Uh, Bradley Bill from Missouri, so not from Oakland. Sorry, sorry, Bradley Bill, not from Oakland. And uh, no, 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 I'm talking about Dane. We said no, Dane. No, I know. I'm saying that, I'm making it. I'm making a joke, guys. That oh. you check against him. Not from Oakland. Oh. Okay, Is there a thumbs down? You should, Anthony Davis made three All NBA teams when he was with the Pelicans. So you suck on that, sir. Yeah, I was How long was he there? I wasn't call you out on that, but that's not my job. I ain't the producer. That's how, long was you, how long was you with that team? Seven years, right? Yeah, how many years was it the team? Seven. Seven? Yeah. And you think seven All NBA teams? Nah, garbage. You wanted him to be on an All NBA team every single year? Yeah. I'm sure he wanted to as well. Yeah. He got hurt. Okay, he may have wanted yeah, to. Yeah, he got hurt a lot. It? Yeah. It was like, did he deserve it? Like he was yes. hurt. Like you said, he was hurt. He did. So. He did. Yes. He did deserve it, though. Yes. Okay. So anyway, was it like Dwight? He did. He did. Too? Was it Dwight? Speaking was speaking about Dave, they getting beat by. Don't Trump. look. At, don't look at his stats, Ed. I mean, okay, I can, yeah. but I'm pretty sure there's other centers who who got the three other centers who got the job who got the knock for it probably deserved it as well. You know, like Bradley Bill deserved it, but Dave Miller gets the knock. Bradley Bill don't deserve it. Bradley Bill don't deserve it, man. He don't. He don't deserve it now. He can't play defense. He's the second. He's the second worst player. In the he don't deserve it at all. He's okay. the second worst player in the defense, man. You can't be an all James, James, James Harden. James Harden is, is on there. Why well, he can't play no defense? He's Whoa, James Harden has stepped up his defense this past three years. So you want to see like, talk about that? He's not on the bottom but, but of the list he, no more. But, but can he play defense? Uh, yes, he's he saw him locking down like the other day. <laughs> so, like, he, 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 was lo- he was lo- he was locking down. Ed. He, was he locking locked down, down Luca. You know, that's, he's on Kawhi. Is he Kawhi's level now, bro? Uh, he ain't Kawhi now, but like I'm saying, though, we all we all talked. I've talked on James on his defense. Not being like he can't play defense, but he has stepped up his defense a game. <laughs> like he has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, man, second worst defender in basketball is pretty, pretty bad. James didn't re- didn't go that low. He he his defensive metrics weren't elite, but he never went to know I'm a door foot. I'm a step away from being the worst defender in hoops metric wise. Also, y'all think because he, he's just a crappy defender? Is it because he's not trying? Is it because he has bad teammates around? Or what y'all think is the reason why? That he is deep, metrically, he's a worse defender? Probably because he's carrying the load offensively and he doesn't have, he's too tired to play defense. Uh, hey, what would happen if Dame Litter was on the Washington Wizards? He had to carry his team and had no one to help him out carry the load. I'm sorry, man. You want a bad team, Tom? That's my whole point. That's my whole point. He's well, on he a bad team. I know, but you get penalized being on bad teams, though. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't. There's the, the, the talent level at some point doesn't matter. It's all about what team are you on. Defender in hoops. You can you you can carry an offensive load and not be the second worst defender in hoops. I don't think that's. Gary, put James Harden on the Washington Wizards right now. And let him go out there and, and tell me well, he won't be the worst defender in the league. James on the offense on the Washington Wizards, he's going to average thirty six and fifteen, and so his numbers are going to be even higher than Bradley Beal's. So he's so even go on. 
worst defense. But his defense. He's not going to be in a coin flip toss with Dame Lillard numbers wise. He will because his team will be garbage and will not make the playoffs. Forty points. Nah, you put, Daniel. He James won't make the playoffs. He won't get close to the playoffs. It doesn't matter. He won't get close to the playoffs. It doesn't matter. James Harden averages forty and fifteen. He's making the All NBA team. I don't care what the Wizards record is. Like you literally. I, I care. So if, if they win, if they if they win five games, he averages forty and fifteen, making All NBA team. Hey, you oh. ain't got to do nothing else. Oh. If they win five games, if they win ten games, if they win ten games, he averages forty and fifteen, making the All NBA team. No, he's not. You put you put James Harden on the Washington Wizards. He's winning at least 35, 36 games. By oh, I think so too. But I'm just saying, if he has a crappy record, though, <laughs> is he going to make He's it? not going to have a crappy record. That's the thing. So that also goes into Tron's point that James Harden is an elite above the six every other six feet he, shooting guard yeah, out there in the league. <laughs> if he wins thirty games, that's a that's a crappy record, by the way. <laughs> Y'all riding at six six. I was really just talking more along the lines of shooting guard, but whatever. <laughs> We didn't even get to the thing I wanted to get into, which was like how like some random media members who are like like Boston Celtics broadcasters have have ballots for these votes. So like, of course, they're going to be biased. Like we didn't even get to those kind of points. Like there are some nefarious things that go on in the NBA uh, with the NBA voting. Zach Lowe isn't a part of those. We could have some actual conversations about some votes that Bradley Beal might have lost. That are far beyond Zach Lowe happening to pop. <laughs> there, we, we've been past Zach Lowe, bro. But Zach Lowe's been in the rearview mirror for a while now. <laughs> I had so much more to to ask y'all about, and we got so bogged down in six six shooting guards. My bad. <laughs> six three, six three point guards. I just think we, I think we came up with the concise that the the NBA voting system is not right when it comes to these well, awards. Well, so we all agree on that. It's you tying people's contracts to uh to that. It's not. It's not a smart way. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone. Yeah. Anyway, we're 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 done with this topic before it somehow starts again. <laughs> Daniel's very passionate. <laughs> Daniel. Daniel wants all. <sighs> Terrell started, man, with his disrespect to Bradley. It made no sense. <laughs> you started all this, Terrell. You started all this, bro. <laughs> Terrell was, he like was. serious about it too. <laughs> some, some some random six three dude. I found that some random guy. Like, they always want to blame it on the media. The media is the reason I didn't get my extra check. Man, shut up. Somewhere between Bradley Beal's biased-ass wife, who thinks this man was, like, fourth in the MVP discussion. And I get it. That That's your husband. That's fine. But no. Uh, you you got to hold your husband down to reality, man. Your husband was not in the MVP race. I'm sorry. He wasn't. And your take, Terrell, that Brad Bill's just some dude. He put Brad Bill in the same category as Ben Forbes and everybody else. I'm just saying, if you can't call him out of a lineup, don't be acting like if, if I can call. I can, I can call him out of a lineup. <laughs> if you put Bradley <laughs> Bill and Ben Forbes next to each other, I'm definitely calling Bradley like, Bill. Look, man, I mean, look, if you want to blame the media. Then hey, maybe you should be somebody that they can pick out of a lineup. Happen if I saw him walking oh. down the street, I wouldn't know who the hell Bradley Bill was. But y'all know oh my God. Terrell Huff's opinion is it's some nigga named Bradley Bill. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're moving on. Moving on. I heard you were keeping, uh. I heard you were keeping <laughs> into the streets, my man. Oh, I'm happy. <laughs> So we, we do, and our latest segment is the streets. This is where if you answer um, some questions from you, the fans, 
and some information. So I do have uh, actually three here for today. A few topics I wanted to touch on. Yes, sir. Um, so starting off, uh, the handle from, let me read it here, Jackal the Third. So Jackal the Third was, was mentioning that, hey, <laughs> we can we can take crew. I know during this recent Spurs game that Popovich actually wasn't taking me at all. This struck me as kind of strange because he's been very outspoken about social justice. Um, what do y'all think about him not taking me with the rest of the players? I think. Uh, thank you, Jackal the Third. Jackal the Third, thank you, my man. I think we have to be careful um, about doing what they do to us, and when we do uh, when we make our stands and our our movements. Uh, and they say, you, you, this is the only way you can protest properly. I think we have to be careful about giving that energy back to them, um, especially when it's very, it, it'd be one thing if Greg Pavich hadn't been clear that he's trying to use his platforms and his privilege to uh, further Black Lives Matter in this country. If he wasn't doing that, then maybe we could have a different discussion. But he, your actions do have to eventually speak louder than whatever your protest statements are. Um, and if he did protest, he's within his right to do that. Not protesting again, within his right to do that. He's a veteran. Um, he, he, he spent a long time in, within the uh, intelligence community. So we know he comes from that background. Um, and so if he wants to stand for the national anthem, that's his right. And we should not, we should not tell someone that they can't do what they feel they should be doing in terms of the national anthem. It means something different to pop than maybe it means to the black dude off the street or even Colin Kaepernick. And that's fine. We don't need to dictate what the flag or the national anthem means to any one body. We just need to let people know that to some of us, it means something else that is not good. And pop has acknowledged that in spades. So we have to be very careful that we're not turning into the bad guys in terms of trying to say someone to tell someone this is the only way you can protest. And uh, Becky Hammond too, because she also didn't. Uh, she also stood during the national anthem, and she's been. We know right. she's been at the forefront of social movements as well, and, and especially being one of the not one of the first uh, uh, female coach in the NBA. So she, we know she's tread that ground and knows what it's like to. Uh, to be, uh, uh, you know, the minority in a, in a community. So we have, I just we, it, caution that we don't turn into the, to that guys in ways that we don't even need to, because there's no reason to really criticize someone for wanting to stand uh, for the national anthem if that's what they want to do. His, his words, and it's interesting because we can say, you know, we know that a lot of people um, have said a lot of things um, as far as like how they feel about the movement, how they feel about the players that they work with on a daily basis. A lot of coaches have said a lot of things, but I don't know if there's a coach that has more eloquently, with the exception of maybe Steve Kerr, I don't know if there's a coach that has really broken down what this is all about better than Greg Popovich. I mean, literally, even the black coaches in the league, like who have a perspective that he could never have, have not been able to break down as eloquently what this whole movement is about more so than him. He said things that, and, and he, and, and I think what helps him in this situation is that he says things in such a blunt and straightforward way. And he doesn't make any effort at all whatsoever to try to, you know, like to kind of, you know, okay, I know you might feel this way, but just, you know, I don't want to offend anybody, but, he doesn't, he doesn't come at it in that sort of way. He comes at it like, I don't care if you're offended. This is the situation. People need to wake up. 
People need to recognize this. They need to recognize he he really, really went all the way in. And, you know, from what players have said, he's this is not a new thing. Um, th- this has been pop from day one. And he really had the only thing that's evolved is his willingness to come forward and talk about it. Today, he was asked in pregame about whether or not Marco Bellinelli was going to play. And he said, I'll answer that in a minute. Let me talk about this. And then he had an entire statement about this movement. <laughs> like, like, let's be clear. I, I think if anyone's, you know, got this, that overused term that we like to talk about being invited to the barbecue, if anybody is already in that category, it's Greg Popovich. So him not kneeling doesn't surprise me in the least. Um, yeah. Same with Becky Hammond. It doesn't shock me because, one, he, from a visual standpoint, he's not tried to bring attention to himself at any point. Um, if anything, he's done a better job of trying to teach the players, especially a, a team that has gotten really, really young in a really relatively short amount of time. Um, he's done a better job of teaching them about expressing themselves um, and about what they need to do and how they need to understand what's going on around them and how it affects them outside of basketball. So I have absolutely no issues with it. Um, I don't feel like there was any, any sort of backstory to it. Uh, he said he had his personal reasons for not doing it. Um, I'm not 100% sure it had to do with his ties to the um, to the Air Force Academy. Um, I think, again, I personally believe it was one of those situations where he felt like the player should have the spotlight in that situation. And I don't think he felt, felt like he needed to interject himself in that specific way visually uh, because I feel mm-hmm. like he probably thinks he's said enough. Um, and he will continue to speak about it, as he did today. Uh, so that's the way I feel about it. Yeah, uh, what I think is being maybe a little misconstrued is um, basically for the movement, it, it wasn't that everybody has to kneel for the national anthem, it's just that they should be able to and not have any type of, you know, ridicule for it or people going up in arms and everything. So no one's saying that to support Black Lives Matter, support Black Lives in general, you have to kneel every time the national anthem is being played. Like, no, they're just saying that if, they, if people choose to peacefully protest, allow them to, because that's what we're supposed to be founded on for this country. And that's what the players are currently doing as of right now. Um, now, in terms of Greg Popovich, um, I mean, come on. Even before this whole thing even happened, he's been outspoken in terms of social justice going forward. So I don't need him to kind of just to, you know, do any type of symbolize of, you know, him showing that. because He already said it, um, even when it wasn't popular to say. He's been outspoken against Trump, outspoken against a lot of different things, um, supporting his players and also the black community as well. Um, honestly, I thought that maybe he was kneeling because um, since he is older, maybe it might have been hard for him to do that for that long because he's actually down for quite a bit of time. Um, that's really the first thing that popped in my mind. I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say that's it. That's the first thing. I, I was just like, yeah, I was like, it's a long time to be down there. He might have some type of knee issues or whatever, so I might be personal. It may be for um, because of the military as well. No, no I mean, it doesn't really matter either way. Um, but, I mean, he was wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt too as well, so I don't see but why that even would be any type of, you know, any big thing at all. Um, he's been outspoken about it. He speaks up about it whenever you want to ask him to. So, no, he doesn't have to kneel the same way no one has to kneel. Um, again, as we mentioned, but Jonathan Isaac, he was an NBA player who chose not to kneel, um, but he still said his support for Black Lives Matter as well. So just to let everybody know, you don't have to kneel just to, to you know, put you in the club of being for black people. Like, no, but if you choose to, then that's your right. 
And there's nothing wrong with you kneeling or choosing not to kneel. And, and frankly, but I'll let you get in right after this. Get one quick point. Frankly, there are probably some people who are kneeling who aren't as supportive of the Black Lives Matter and are just kind of doing it performatively. So we got to be careful. Like like Daniel said, there aren't any automatic tickets into the club. You, your actions mm-hmm. and words need to speak louder than uh, or as loudly as your protest, uh, or it's just yeah. kind, of, kind of empty. Uh, go ahead, Ed. I know you've been trying to get yeah. in. It's okay. Um, but yeah, basically what y'all have said is like pop has definitely been on the forefront uh, for equality and social justice. And so and he doesn't, he doesn't try to hide it. He wears his, he wears that on his sleeves. And so when, I, when I saw that he didn't take a knee, so like, all right, that's, that's good. And I thought of the process of, yeah, he's a vet. He's probably, he's probably saying because he's a veteran. And then, so he has different avenues. He has different feelings towards the national anthem and the flag that, um, that he needs that he feels the need to express the same way. Um, but it's funny we said it's old. I was like, depending on who's singing the national anthem, that thing could be like six, seven minutes long. <laughs> so it's a long time to be like me. Um, but yeah, the church. Yeah, and so like, cause even mm-hmm. Myers Myers Leonard is also another NBA player who didn't uh, who didn't take a knee, and he said he did it. He stood for his brother, who's a Marine who fought in Afghanistan, and um, that kind of took me into my personal situation, whether or not I would take a knee if um, I was in that forefront, because with my brother, my grandparents on both sides being active, uh, being retired military, and then my brother recently retired military mar- uh, Marine, and so what what I do in that situation when I still haven't really thought about what I actually would do, but um, I don't see, DeMar DeRozan said it best, we shouldn't vilify those who decide not to take a knee. And so um, I, we, there's that thin line that people could try to, when I read the articles, I felt like the writer was almost trying to vilify Pop for not taking the, the knee because of certain phrases that he would use. It's like, yeah, don't, you can't, <laughs> not to vilify Pop, man. Is there's a and so pop pop is probably a guy to vilify himself if anything, but um, yeah. you can't vilify those who not to decide not to take a knee because that's their form. They have a different form of protest than those who are taking the knee. Quick quick follow up, uh, and let's try to get get through this quick because we got two more questions. Uh, but did you because Terrell mentioned that he thought that maybe Pop was trying to keep the focus on the players? Is there any credence to the argument that? by not taking a knee and kind of being one of the only people to do it because pretty much all the NBA was doing it, uh, that he actually is calling more attention to himself by doing it. Is that, is that selfish of him? Uh, any credence to that argument? I'm not saying that now I'm necessarily making it, but it is something that did somewhat cross my mind as I was listening to Terrell. So quick thoughts on that. I, I, wouldn't, I, would, I, wouldn't, say, I wouldn't say selfish because Pop's not really like a super selfish person in the first place. I think maybe that's what happened. Like he was like, oh, I want to give more awareness to the players then that might have been like a bit of ignorance on his part in terms of thinking that, oh, if I don't kneel, then people just focus on people who are currently kneeling because, yeah, if he stands out like that, then he's going to get more attention than people who actually are all doing the same thing. But in terms of him doing it for a selfish reason, um, from the way he's been moving, the way he's been talking, I really don't see why he would want further attention. He kind of seems to hate the attention that he gets already in terms of having to do press conferences and such. Um, but yeah, if, if that's what his intention was initially, nothing that it was, then that was probably more of like an ignorance on his part for assuming that that would give him more shine than it would give to himself. I think we suffer from living here in San Antonio. I think we suffer from sort of feeling like we know his character a little bit more than most people do just from what we see here locally. Um, and that's not an excuse as much as it's just it's understandable that someone may write 
something, you know, or feel some sort of like type of way about, you know, him possibly drawing attention to himself because he didn't stand. But it's like when you have listened to him over the last several years, as he's sort of had this, and I'm not going to call it an awakening because I don't know, like, I, I get the feeling he's always felt this way. He just never felt it was his time to speak until some of the stuff that's happened over the last several years. But just having heard him speak on these subjects so many times now, um, it's hard for me to believe that that was, you know, he was trying to bring attention to himself by not standing um, or that he, you know, didn't care or that he thought that there was some sort of like, you know, I'm going to do my thing here. I'm not going to worry about anybody else type of aspect of it because we've just heard what he said and we've seen what he's done. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's tough because if I was somebody that didn't know this organization or hadn't seen some of those after the game interviews, post game interviews, you know, with a bunch of guys standing around with iPhones recording him, I think I'm probably, I probably would be in the same category. I'd probably be like, well, yeah, now it's like, we're talking about that when we should be talking about black lives matter. We're talking about the fact that this dude is standing when everybody else is kneeling um, with the exception of Becky Hammond. So I could see how somebody could feel that way. But again, I feel like we have a different insight and a different perspective of him because we've seen locally what he what he does and what he says and, and, and how he conducts himself. Yeah, you want to get in on this? No, they took it. They did it well. All right. Daniel, let's let's keep it rolling, Holmes. Who's yep. Thank you for that. Uh thank you for that, Jack of the Third. So for our next person, we actually have a um, another request here from Slim Poppy. Um, so Slim Pop actually wants to talk a little about, about the MLB season. So he was like, he said, hey, fellas, love the pod. So I know last episode y'all had discussed at length about the COVID protocol set up for the MLB. Well, looking at things as of right now, there have been many positive tests and game canceled. Uh, to me, this season so far can be considered a cluster expletive. Uh, what do you and the fellas think? Slim Poppy. Thank you, sir. Hey, go ahead and take this one first, baby. Um, yeah, Ed, you do that because I got. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it's 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 it doesn't look good for the MLB. Um, <laughs> it doesn't look good at all. <laughs> like I think I think they're about to have a third team outbreak with the Cardinals. The Mariners already had an outbreak. The Cardinals are, are trying to fight an outbreak, and I think was the Padres. I can't remember the third Miami. team right now. Uh, it was the Marlins, not the Mariners. Oh, it's, oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah. So here's like, a shock. <laughs> Florida. <laughs> Florida has an outbreak, and so like it, and with the commissioner even threatening, he's like, "Yo, I'm gonna shut this. I'm gonna shut this down if y'all can't get control of it." And so, but and kind of because me and my dad had a conversation like I felt, and uh, what the NBA or what the MLB is doing, they're not really like controlling the environment to the best of their ability. You know what I mean? So what they're not housing the players, they're not housing, they're not controlling the environment. So therefore, like the players are still doing whatever they want to do outside of playing baseball and so and they're not playing as consistently due to the to the less amount of games that they have to play so it's like hey they still have a lot of free time to do whatever they want to do and that's not controlling the environment and so uh it's it's doesn't look good <laughs> it's just scary we may not we, we probably don't <laughs> have it <laughs> mlb is not gonna finish the season in my opinion i don't think the mlb is gonna finish the season this year yeah. and so because there will be more outbreaks i feel like in the mlb Unless something changes, and so it has to be, like, they may have to house these players. Well, look at the issue. Um, it may not it be a, the travel as much as 
I mean, the travel is obviously a factor, but you know, a lot of times I've heard a lot of publications that have been focusing on the travel, but these dudes with the exception of there being fans in the stands, they hit a home run, hit, get a big hit to, to win the game. They're doing the same stuff they were doing before. They hugging it out, yep. dapping it up, you know, fist bumping, uh, jumping around, big huddle, big crowd. Like, they're doing the same stuff. And it's been addressed as far as all these players are paying lip service to it or all these teams are playing lip service to it. Like, well um, – we, we've already told the players that they shouldn't do this, 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 and this, and they're still doing it. So you've got some players doing it and some players not, and that's not going to work because we all know one player can flip a whole team. And when you have half of the players on the roster out there after a game-winning hit or, or they dapping each other up after, you know, they run back to the, uh, the dugout, you know, and then they're half-ass wearing their masks, it's like, nah, man, like, so this is on the players, man. Um, as much as I feel like the league could have done a little bit more as far as the travel aspect of things, I feel like it's on the players. All these sports, you know, have the ability in some way, shape, or form, had the ability to tell these players, hey, man, this is what we need to do. If you want to have a season, if you want the season to com- be completed from whatever it is of a season we're having, 60 games or whatever it is, then you guys are going to have to abide by these guidelines. Yeah, it's going to suck. You're not going to be able to slap, you know, you're not going to be able to slap hands. You know, you're not going to be able to pat your boy on the butt and hug him, you know, hug it out and do all that in the dugout. Yeah, you're not going to be able to do that stuff. So this is a discussion that needs to be had amongst teams. Each individual team needs to have these conversations with each individual player. You're either going to do it or you're not. Don't be upset if the season is over after 20 games because you chose not to listen to the guidelines and follow them. And that's the way it should be. So, um, you know, I personally don't think they're going to finish the season either because they obviously seem really, really undisciplined. uh, One team had an outbreak of 19 players and coaches. 19. What is it, like 30? The rosters are like, what, 30? I think they changed them to where they're like 30. I think, Derek, you mentioned that stat last week. There's like 30 people on the roster on the MLB team. And they're 30, and then they'll go down to 28, and then they'll go down to like 24 or something. Right. So 19. No matter what phase of that process they're at, that's more than half the team. I mean, they had to have a bus bring the players back from Philly. Miami did. Who the hell drove the bus? I wouldn't want to drive that bus, fam. Like, nah. The, man, the manager? <laughs> like, like, in high, like, like, like in high school, the coach drive it? The yeah. JV uh-huh. coach? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> one of them coaches got to drive that bus, fam. I'm the not triple A that coach, bus. that's what it was. The triple A uh-huh. coach. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> Have you but seen the average bus driver? Nah, bro. Hey, I, I tell you right now, average bus driver is at risk. I'm telling you right now, son. That, wow. That's good. That's good. Mm-mm. Nope. But, I mean, for me, I'm on the other side, though. I think it has to be on the league, though. I mean, because at the end of the day, when the players get going with the game, it's going to be hard for them to have in the back of their mind, you know, I have to be socially distanced, I have to do X, Y, and Z. I can't, you know, celebrate with my teammates because you get caught up in the heat of the moment with the game. And so at some point, you're probably going to forget. You're going to, you know, uh, like have contact, get within six feet. and stuff. It's going to happen. So I think it's on the league because they kind of have been halfway in terms of their measures for this, right? So they have, they have testing and everything, but they're still going to have travel. 
Um, you know, they say that you need to keep social distancing and all that kind of stuff too, but you don't have it to where the players are isolated from everybody else so that even if they don't social distance, it won't, you know, be as big of a deal because we know we have this protective bubble or whatever going on as well. So I think they kind of knew they had to do a little something because of the COVID situation, but they didn't try too hard to actually change too much stuff or think that much out of the box. I think they kind of had a hard time thinking of how can we do this any different than what we've already done, which is why they're in the situation right now, because they're doing the same things with a little bit sprinkled in there in terms of testing and such. Um, what also strange is how, yeah, how, how come the players don't like wear masks the whole time when they're playing, though? You don't really run that hard in baseball, do you? So do you really need to <laughs> will it really affect your airflow enough that we wouldn't? No, for real. I, I've I mean, been thinking guys of, running uh, marathons uh, with masks on right now. Yeah. Guys running like like um, uh, track and field events, and they, they're yeah. wearing masks. Yeah, And, and that's mean, all they do is run. I was in the one sport where you could do that would be baseball. Yeah, because you don't – you're not yeah, like, sprinting all the time. And if you do sprint, you have time to recover and all that kind of stuff too. But I was like, how come they all wear a mess at the same time? But I don't know. It's yeah. it's a strange just, situation. And, look, go ahead. Look, I'm sorry. I just feel like the league – like y'all said, the league needs to do better. But the league – like if you look at the NBA and what they're doing, they say, you know what, we're going to house our players. We're going to find one area to house it. And so I get that the MLB is like – is huge with all these separate teams – and 30 players, but I mean, all you gotta do is find two facilities for the for the NL and the AL, and then hold and hold the games there. And so, like hockey, before, like literally that. split it northeast, and because I, I feel like NFL should do this. It, yeah, I feel like north, I feel the same way too. Northwest, southwest, northeast, southeast. Yeah, and even literally yeah. find one spot in between. You can have Atlanta. You can have. Freaking, I don't know, Minnesota or somewhere like that. Some Cleveland place. or something. You can have make sure it's an indoor stadium so that nobody can complain about, oh, well, so-and-so has an advantage, and mm-hmm. take a quarter of the league or however many and put them in those and put them in those locations and have them have their games um, between Thursday and uh, Sunday or Monday. And yeah. do it like that. And I, and baseball needs to do the same thing because there's too much damn traveling and there's too many teams. And they need to do something like that, and that'll limit it. Um, you know, and obviously we're at a point now where it's kind of mid in the middle of everything. So there's not a lot you can do. But NFL had a chance to do something like that. And they're going to be right where baseball is. when it's. Like, but see, but the NFL also has an extra aspect of it that these teams uh, practice facilities can house a full team. And it's one. And so, yeah, they yeah, can house a full week. team. Yeah. And so they can house a full team at their practice facilities at the same time. So but I think the, the issue is you have these people, you have these players still going home. You have a full week off in the NFL. You have a full week off, but in the MLB, you have this time period where you're you're not doing nothing, and so and they're and they're not at a house facility like in the NBA bubble. And so the NBA did they put a bubble around these players because you see the NBA players embracing each other after a game, high fiving each other as they're going to the sideline. But the difference is they're in the bubble and they're still getting tested daily. So you know yeah. where I'm at, where I'm at because we're in the same place. You know what right. I mean? So that's why I feel like that difference falls out. Yeah, what's interesting about this is that MLB, the MLB actually has the biggest advantage of that their sport is played, their sport is socially distanced to begin with. Like basketball doesn't have that advantage. Football doesn't have that advantage, you know. And they still suck at it. So the fact that they have that advantage and they didn't decide, like the league, I I also kind of have to disagree with Terrell, it's on the players from the standpoint of the league did not put them in position to succeed. 
you, you got to put your you got to put a, an apparatus in place and we graded it we literally graded it. they got the worst grade out of all the leagues that t- tried to return because they didn't have a bubble system they're still traveling a lot which is weird that they're like well we're only going to travel like within the same divisions like within the same states like covid is in california like you, you you can get COVID from your fellow Californian. That doesn't that doesn't <laughs> like the virus can could, uh, can travel. Where you from, dog? Where you from, dog? Oh, are right, we good? Your COVID with California COVID. It's like I don't know what their plan was. Like, well, we'll just limit travel. It's like, well, it's travel, man. They're out. They're not in a bubble. They're not only not in a bubble, but they're going to airports or whatever and, and interacting with other people who are also not quarantined. And then as me and Dale and Terrell made fun of last week, and then they have the, Oh, well check yourselves and make sure if, you have, if you're feeling a little faint, you don't show up to the facilities. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm feeling a little, a little warm today. I'll stay home. Sorry, coach. I can't go. <laughs> Yeah, and so me and me and Dan were making fun of this during the week that the that the MLB just doesn't seem to have their stuff together. And then Rob Manford, me and Dan were making fun of this. Rob Manford's like, "Hey man, if the league doesn't get this together. You're gonna have to shut the season." I'm like, "Bro, you're the league. Yeah, <laughs> you. Are, that's who you oh, are, man. <laughs> like, man, they out here wilding, man. Make the decision. Like, shut it down. <laughs> like, man, he's at home. He's he's, out, he's with this advice. Hey man, why why y'all wilding out here? So I don't know, boss. Like you haven't decided nothing. Like what? And so the MLB, like everyone said, the MLB basically abdicated their responsibility, and it's going to cost them their season. There's no way this season – because at this point, teams – enough games have been canceled to where teams aren't even going to play the same amount of games. Yeah. And you can't have that. That's when your season starts to feel illegitimate, when the Mariners get in because they played uh, 50 games and have a, best, a good record, and the – you know, the Marlins played 38 games and they happen to go on a 12 game winning streak or whatever. So they have a, they have a better win percentage, but at the same time, they, they haven't played no games because they, because they all got COVID because they're running around in Miami, Florida, getting COVID. <laughs> like, getting COVID. It'd be impossible. With the way the, the MLB ran this and what we know is going on in Florida, it would have been impossible if the Marlins didn't get COVID-19. Like, how would they not have gotten it? with what we know is going on in Florida and how they're not quarantined whatsoever. Um, and so this is a cluster. This is, a, as, as what the Slim Poppy said, this is a cluster bleep. So yeah. it's going to – Exactly. Unless they, unless they change how they're approaching this, it's only going to get worse. Yeah. So we got, we got one more Third, question. Third. Yes, sir, one more. So our last one is going to be a talk about the NBA, fellas. Um, this one comes to us from Batir to God. So, Batir the God, um, he starts with, yeah, he starts, this is Batir the God. He starts with, hey guys, I'm a big fan of the NBA, even bigger fan of the pod. Awesome. Um, I've been pleasantly surprised of the NBA so far this season. Um, although I do miss the fans being in the stands, I do like how the out of box thinking of the NBA in terms of the presentation. Also, add in the fact that they have been COVID free for about two weeks now, and I have to take my hats off to the league as of right now. How do you and the guys in the pod feel? Yeah, I think uh, we basically contrasting them with the MLB. I think the NBA has done an excellent job. They kind of got off to a little bit of a rocky start, it felt like, with the whole Lou Williams thing. But like me and Daniel kind of said to each other, and we said this kind of even on the pod, like, 
Lou Williams wasn't going to break the bubble unless the NBA was bad at their jobs and they let him break the bubble. Cause like yeah. you got to go in, once you come back from outside the bubble, you got to go into quarantine. And so while he was in quarantine, he would have been found out if he had COVID, they just did him home. And so it would have been fine. But like every, the NBA has basically hit the mark spot on with everything from the social justice standpoint, uh, from everyone who's talked about social justice and made sure to keep the focus on that as well. The basketball for the most part has been outstanding. Um, the concept is, seems like it's going, it's going well. Like even the Spurs for whatever reason look better than they did before they left. (laughs) So like from every standpoint that a Spurs fan could want and just an NBA fan could want, like they've hit it all out of the park so far. And hopefully they keep this momentum going and get to finish the season off because it's it's so far so good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So are you, are you predicting a 1999 type of thing for the Spurs? No, not at all. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> hey, 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 hey! It's our environment to take over, man. It's our hey. environment. <laughs> the 1990s Spurs with like one of the top ten centers of all time coming just out of his prime, and the best power forward ever in Tim Duncan. You know, or this Spurs team that has Demar Derozan and and things. Um, and they, they don't even have <laughs> <laughs> <You're just laughs> things. Like, uh, let's see. You just put DeJounte in a, a Terrell 6'3 category, man. What's wrong with you? First of all, he's what if, what if, and he has a seven-foot wingspan. Think about who That's I mentioned. True. I mentioned David Robinson and Tim yeah. Duncan. And you're like, like what in We talk about two top ten players, possibly even top five. Hey, hey first off, <laughs> hey, ten, and five, five oh was not coming out of his prime. He was at the end of his prime in 99. He wasn't oh, coming yeah. out of his prime. He was at the end of his prime in 99. Oh, yeah. He was still average so 20 what plus if, and 10 plus in 1999. Here we go. So what if, what if LaMarcus comes back then? Like, will this read? We're going to make that run. LaMarcus comes back. Be limping back after like what is three? Lamarcus not coming back, but he may not be coming back next season. Ooh. I don't know, man. Tim, <laughs> said, Tim said Tim hung back to work out with them, so I'm kind of worried they're going to keep Lamarcus. Instead of, instead of trying to I'm get not worried back. about it if he's here, great. But I'm just saying, I don't think he's coming back. Back on topic. Oh yeah, to uh, yeah, but to the, to, to so the I, I was talking about this actually with my dad, and he had mentioned that you kind of can tell that a lot of tech money has been kind of infused into the NBA in terms of ownership and things of that yeah. nature. Um, because of the way they're using their technology to add to the game, right. um, you know, putting the fans in the stands with, the, uh, with I think, they're like live streaming for that for them. Yeah. Um, the graphics on the sidelines, the setup for it, um, kind of the whole the whole deal with it actually has been done very well in terms of presentation to where you really don't notice too much that is that much different from the fans not being there. And if, even if you do notice, you don't mind it that much at all. Um, the players seem comfortable. They're out there still playing like normal. I don't really notice too much of a drop in terms of effort and such. Um, so I've really enjoyed it. Say what's up? Oh, I, I just I, shout out to them. They stayed in great shape. You didn't see yeah. any kind of yeah, yeah. Shout out to the players too because it, it, it's been entertaining for the, the the games I have watched. Um, so yeah, the NBA. I mean, I did have my doubts kind of a little bit starting off, but they they seem to as of right now knock out the park in terms of presentation. Um, as as Patricia got had mentioned in terms of the COVID thing, um, they haven't had any reported positive tests in about two weeks, which is amazing. Um, so that means they're really enforcing for for the bubble. Um, so yeah, I mean, as of right now, it's going really well, and I'm really enjoying it. So I can't really wait to the playoffs start. I think it's going to be really good for them. Hey, I just feel I'm just saying, Commissioner Silver is doing a lot better than President Trump in containing COVID. <laughs> Little, <laughs> little different networking of uh, you know a little different. Just a little. I, I guess that's a fair comparison. I don't know. Hey, quarantine I, works. 
Shut down I mean, works. I, you know what I feel like, and this is something I've seen, I've noticed in the few games I've been able to watch so far. All the guys, all the big name rookies, um, they all seem like they're already in like mid second season mode. Like they just <clears throat> like right now. I'm looking. I see John Morant here, um, and uh, there's a handful of other guys. They just look like they're. Like, like they just said, okay, we've had this time frame off. So it's almost like they feel like they're going into their second season and they're just, they just hit the ground running. Like some of these guys look like they went from just like, okay, am I going to be rookie of the year to damn, could I be, you know, <laughs> could I be, am I trying, they look like they're trying to get the MVP. Like some of them out here balling, man. So like. Everybody I, wants Bradley Bill's spot. <laughs> more people to take my spot. Just saying, man, I don't care about this all rookie. I want the all NBA. Uh huh. Like, we going for the all NBA like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think it has helped. I think somehow, some way, it has helped. I think also, um, it, it helped them because. You know, you talk about it's not so much in the NFL, but like, let's be realistic. These players don't usually play more than what, 35 games in a season when they're in college. So I'm wondering how much that big gap in time helped them because they had pretty yeah. much all played more games, you know, than they had ever played in a, in a season. Even when the season ended, they had already up to that point had already played like probably twice as many games as they would typically play. So to have that gap in the season, this is usually around uh, April was usually around a time where we see some of these young rookies fall off. Um, not mm -hmm. totally, but this is the, that's the time where they kind of look a little tired and it's like, Oh, I got to adjust to 82 games. Well, they had a big old gap of three, four months. And then all of a sudden they're right back at it and they look fresh as they were when they started. So yeah. I think that's, that's good because we're getting a better, um, I think we're getting a better quality of basketball. So. Yeah, it's a good point, Terrell, from the standpoint of uh, these dudes, you got to understand when you're in college, you're still in college, right? Like you're still getting an education. You're still maybe going out and partying a little bit. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But once you're a professional, that's basketball is it. They have so much time. That's your job, homie. <laughs> so they've had all this time to condition and to continue to get better and work on their craft. And now this is their job. So, you know, that's why you see that big jump. Uh, between year one and year two for a lot of players because they're finally now their body's getting acclimated and they're they're getting the requisite amount of training that they need to and they're spending all day on their craft and so that's why they they make that leap and then you as her point out you get the added bonus of you got all that time off so now your body gets a chance to recover as well man these that's a, for a rookie in your first year this kind of the perfect scenario to come back and look better and specifically for the Spurs squad they have a couple they have like three rookies or two rookies who look a lot better now than they did Especially before Kelvin Johnson Kel Kelvin yeah. he looks well, amazing well looks looks better like they're not obviously they're not where we want them to be long term or whatever cuz they're still still rookies but they look a lot more polished than they did prior it's them new haircuts, man. That's what it is. Um, no crazy hairstyles. Hey, you know what's funny though? There's, you know, the backstory to that is pretty interesting. That's you know maybe for another show, but I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's pretty interesting because that's that was one of the reasons they were saying was that was part of the maturity aspect of things, um, and this whole situation, you know, notably Dejounte Murray and uh, Lonnie Walker the fourth who obviously had probably the most notorious hair on the team outside of Patty Mills. Um, and it was like, 
you know, those guys, you know, coming off com- coming off the dome, mm-hmm. like, you know, and you're seeing those guys play some pretty good ball right now. Not that the hair had anything mm-hmm. to do with it, but do it's just it, the yeah. fact that I think the theme was maturity um, coming into the bubble, um, not getting into trouble, not um, – I didn't mean for that to rhyme. Not um, – you know, not bars. You know, just being disciplined, and I think all those things kind of plays into it. And you, you know, and they're like, "Hey, we we mean business." And so I think, you know, going into this bubble situation, it's really interesting because that seemed to be the theme for this team going in was, um, you know, and maybe for other teams, but I noticed the Spurs had a real big like. This is about business. We're going in here. We're going to be. In this bubble, we're going to be away from our families for a while or whoever isn't with us, and it's just going to be us and the game. And we, we need to treat it that way. And they obviously seem like they're doing so, at least up mm-hmm. to this point. They, they really seem like they've locked it up. And, you know, uh, you know they're, they're doing – you know, they're making the, the, the mistakes that young teams make, but at the same time, they're definitely competing mm-hmm. every time they're out on the floor. So, mm-hmm. Wait, um, I mean, Drew had to yeah. – yeah, Drew at the point of the head, like in my opinion, hit the he, he, good point was saying like you're taking these taking these men away from their families, and so to for a time period. So yeah, if you're gonna be stepping away from your t- families during a pandemic, you better be all about business. You know what right. I'm saying? Like you better like yeah, you better come out here and try to win this championship. Hey, you better get out there trying to get in these playoffs. You know, so I feel like it's not just the Spurs, but I feel like how majority of the NBA teams that I've seen, it's like these these boys are they're coming out there, they're coming here for business, they're coming here to get work done. Now, so this hashtag business trip. Hashtag business trip. Exactly. It's like this. This is not. This is not a vacation. Even though they got fish in the pond, this is special for them. But it's like this is this is this is legit. And so I'm. I'm excited. I'm happy for the for the relaunch, and I'm happy for the restart for the NBA, especially with the way they handled everything so far. So I'm really excited about it. So you haven't said anything uh, quite yet. You got something on it? Oh yeah. No. As I mentioned before. Um, in terms of the, the, the presentation and everything, that oh. that was top notch with the tech and stuff. Okay. Yeah. You, you, my bad. I, I totally forgot. <laughs> I to, you, you, I you, remember. Uh, no, I, <laughs> I, 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 talking again. I was like, show did already say that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so any any last any last things on any of those topics before we get into the greatest segment in the history of segments? I think we've said enough. Okay. Well, Terrell. This shout, time- shout out! Shout out to Batir the God. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for the love. Uh, hey, were those letters sent in or were those on Twitter handles? It's an email, yo. Emails? Oh, email. okay. That's how they hitting this, man. We yep. still using that email. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Old school. Hey, well. Old school. Yes, dial up, still. You want to send me? For, I've been down, been downloading these all day. Let me get your AOL so I can send y'all. So you're using dinosaur methods. You want to send an email? The email is <laughs> we can take at yahoo.com. That's what's up. Yeah, put that plug. Twitter. Uh, Terrell, I think it's time for the greatest segment mm. in the segment. Would you concur? I would. Okay. Okay, Daniel, how do you feel about it? There will never be another. Ah, he was my brother. So it is time for another. No, nah, you're not. This is a family thing. No, Greatest segment of all time or greatest segment? Hey, man, I'm just a guest. I'm just, I'm a, I'm just squirreling in your world, bro. You're the one who asked me to come. You tell me. Yeah, I was like, what? That's what I wanted to I say, but like, you just ignored me. <laughs> so I, was like, I just wanted to say that, and, but you just ignored me before. So I was like, oh, man. And, and, and that's why we ignored you, Ed. That was terrible. 
<laughs> That's why you don't get a you don't get a drop. <laughs> so now, no. and so now it is time for another edition of Is This Your King? And frankly, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a bad producer. I did not did not discuss this before the show. So, boys, do any of y'all have uh, an Is This Your King for the week? Oh, Eddie, Eddie, really? Eddie got the grill on. Daniel Davidson and Derek Lewis on the grill. <laughs> oh, what do you mean? Uh-oh. We're not your team? No, we're not. A, okay. Okay. I was like, well, like, what do we do? <laughs> let, let, let me think. The dead silence. Do, 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 do. If this were radio, this would be bad radio. Um, uh, I filled it with uh, awkward uh, Jeopardy music uh, because it seems like no one has an Is This Your King this week. <laughs> Maybe it was baseball and we can take it down. Baseball's you know bad. what? Yeah. That's not a bad idea considering how much of a trash. Um, you know what? I do kind of have an is, is this your king? And I alluded to it a little bit earlier. Um, or I may have said something. But um, I do have an is, is this your king? Um, and my is this your king? Well, this shout out is to you, NFL. Um, because you guys had more time than probably any league to figure something out here. You're right. You had more time than any league because when this all popped off, we were fresh off of what? I mean, we had we had just had the Super Bowl about a month or so before, a couple months before, a month and a half before, actually, not even that long. So the Super Bowl had just ended. Really, the league season hadn't really kicked off yet. I mean, you had more time than anybody. Hell, you still, technically speaking, have a little bit of time. Um, But yet. You guys really look like you're heading toward the direction of MLB right now. Um, I said a little bit earlier about how the NFL should have probably just took four corners of the country, found a nice little indoor stadium in those locations, and put a quarter of the league in each of those locations based on geographical considerations and just played that way. So that that way you didn't have to go to all these places and travel all over the place when who knows what their status is going to be as far as this virus goes. Um, when you're playing a sport that is, I mean, I'm talking about as contact as it can get. Okay. We got spit flying, sweat flying, everything. And I know they're going to do some, probably some things with the helmets and things like that. But the biggest issue and the biggest reason why I'm going to go with the NFL for is this year King is strictly because of the amount of time they had. And the fact that we don't seem to be doing anything other than, Oh, we're not going to have preseason games. Oh, we're going to test guys once when they come to their practice facility. And once when they leave, other than that, nothing really overly substantial. Hey, okay. I can opt out. No. Okay, great. So half of the new England Patriots aren't going to be there. Big deal. The point of the matter is, There was a whole lot of other things you could have done to prevent guys from having to opt out. And there were a whole lot of other things you could have done from a scheduling standpoint, but let's be realistic. It's the NFL. Jerry Jones ain't going to give up none of that money now. Got to have my same eight games in there, man. He's probably sitting somewhere pissed off because he's not going to get those four inconsequential or two or however many it was going to be preseason games that he probably was going to figure out a way to make $10 million off of. So NFL, seriously, the rest of the world, the rest of the country, is this your king? NFL, 
History has its eyes on you. You know what? Since we're doing a little bit of freestyle, let's keep it going just to make up for our little lag there. Let's do a second Is this your King. I, I have another one to go over, too, if that's cool with y'all. Yeah. All right. So this actually happened, uh, I think it was uh, this past Sunday. Um, so for this It's Your King, we're going to put on trial uh, the modesty police that currently are all over the Twitter sphere and on the Internet. Um, so this is actually in regards to the tennis superstar, uh, Naomi Osaka. So actually what happened is this past Sunday, she actually had posted on her, tw her personal, <clears throat> personal Twitter feed a couple of pictures of her in a bikini because, you know, she's fit. She's like 22. It's summertime. So, yeah, that's kind of what, what women do. Yeah. Just wants to show off the body. Um, but she then put this on Twitter that, you know, and this is a quote from her. I just want to say it's creeping me out how many people are commenting me to maintain my innocent image and don't try to be someone you're not. She says, you don't know me. I'm 22. I wear swimsuits to the pool. Why do you feel like you can comment on what I can wear? So here we are again. You know, she obviously became popular uh, when she was much younger than 22 because she is a phenom in terms of her tennis. Um, so people fell in love with her when she was, you know, still considered a minor, um, you know, a, a younger, younger lady. But now she is 22, so she wants to do stuff that all of us 22-year-olds back when we were did, which is, you know, walk to the pool, wear, wear swimsuits and such. But people are still grabbing on to that image of her of, you know, no, stay innocent forever, stay this little doll in this box, and, you know, don't try to be sexy or flaunted because it makes you less of a person, which we've all seen a lot of times what happens mostly to, mostly to women, hardly ever to men. So here we are yet again with this same issue popping up yet again on the internet in terms of people trying to police women's bodies in terms of how they should present themselves because they feel like they belong to them because they knew them when they were younger or they saw them when they were younger and they're big fans. And so they want them to ever change and to stay the same forever. So I just want to put on the, for this is your king, just the Monty police on the internet. Cause once again, they have failed yes, yet again, and they continue not to be in Kings in any sense of the word whatsoever. Hey, real quick question. Um, was uh was uh she uh also i don't know was she looking ambitious in any of those pictures because you know uh the modesty police a aka men um we really don't like women to be looking ambitious either unless they do not she was she was taking a picture in, in front of her home which i'm sure she bought with the millions oh. because she is very ambitious and he's kind of running the world right now so oh. They may have been upset about that as well. <laughs> That's problematic. What's so crazy? have ambition mm. in our women. What's so crazy? Problematic. I literally just looked at the pictures, and it's literally just her in a bikini. Like she's yep. not. Not that there would be anything wrong if it was like her trying to pose sexily or anything like that, but that wasn't at all what she was doing at any rate. Yep. Which is so. This hilarious. How like sexualized and fetishized this 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 society is that. Like while trying to be the body police, I mean the modesty police, you've made something that wasn't in, actually not innocent in the first place, not innocent because of your own stuff that you're dealing with, I guess. Because like these photos aren't risque by any stretch of the imagination; they're just normal fucking photos. And so go like, to go to any go to any pool in America, you'll see <laughs> women in bikinis just like this. You'll probably see like like young girls in bikinis as well. Like unfortunately, it's just. It's, it's what you, it's what you wear when you go swimming. It, it, it's the human bodies, whatever. It's not <laughs> anything risque or anything. It's normal this, clothing. 
Yeah, this society is so trained that like, oh my God, women and skin? There must be something indecent happening. She's showing me her thigh. Oh no. It's like, you, really, you gotta get right in your own head, man. Cause like, you're doing some stuff there that you shouldn't be doing. And you know, this is a 22 year old woman who can do whatever the hell she wants. So even if she was being risque, it wouldn't have mattered, but I just thought it was hilarious. No. But I, I yeah. and it was like, she actually wasn't even doing something that was quote unquote, not innocent. So it's like, man, people are tripping. I would think it's like most women would have like a picture like that on their, on their Instagram or Facebook because it's just a summer photo. <laughs> <laughs> at, her, at her own pool. At her own it just, pool. It, it just so happened people knew of her when she was younger, so they wanted her to stay forever young for whatever reason and to stay pure and innocent by not showing any type of skin or something. But it's like, yeah, no, I'm going to grow up because, I mean, we all grow up, and I, I have the right to grow up as well. <laughs> hey, hey, it's but we, all right. Like, we'll never be policing those <laughs> shoes, right? Like a dude can wear, like a dude shows a hundred percent more skin when he goes shirtless, but you never hear nothing about those guys. So. And somebody oh, yeah. be out there without no shirt on. Shaming <laughs> <laughs> <Hey, laughs> people, Terrell. Terrell Huff is I'm this. Just your saying, I, I might even include myself on that list. All right, and sometimes I, I got myself. the dad bod working. And show body shaming ourselves either, Terrell. Love that body, baby. Show it off. I love what my body can become. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's, it's just funny to me that I don't ever hear people that work to keep themselves in great shape, whether it's before their profession, whether they're a professional athlete or an amateur athlete, or whether they are uh someone that just works in a in some sort of job where their you know their their physical stature or the way they look or whatever is important. You, you know that those aren't the people that are coming at her like this. It's always somebody that would never be in that position that's got something to say, and I'm just tired of it. I'm like, no, I don't want your perspective. Like, nah. I mean, I know we're supposed to make everybody perspective count. Yeah, whatever, man. If you not out here putting in the work, don't tell me what I can wear when I am putting in the work. Like, nah, no, uh, no. Terrell's tired, of, Terrell's tired of Bradley Beal. Terrell's tired of. I'm tired of people body shaming professional athletes that's bodies are fine-tuned machines that decide to actually go out and do things that everybody else does, including people. Yeah. <laughs> That whose bodies aren't fine-tuned machines out here complaining about body people with bodies that are fine-tuned machines. Like how? I, where you I, at, homie? The word "fine-tuned machine" said so many times consecutively. Well, I mean, I mean that's, that's, that's the most complimentary <laughs> thing I can say. Is like you know, people will tell you the body is a machine, and it's like, and essentially it is. And when you go out and you bust your butt to get in a position where you can do what you do as a professional athlete and you go out there and you train yourself in some cases to the point of exhaustion and the repetition and all the things that you do. And then you get some time off. And this is how I'm feeling if I'm, if, if I'm this young lady, if, if I'm Miss Osaka and I'm sitting here and I'm in my backyard or I'm at my pool and I've done all this stuff and worked myself to the bone to get to the top of my profession and then somebody that's just sitting at home on Twitter decides you really shouldn't be showing your thighs. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
out my face, man. Come on, <laughs> hey, Come on, I, daughter, yo. Hey, I really thought he was gonna go with Charles Barkley. Is like someone sitting at home in their grandma's garage in the grandma's basement eating donuts <laughs> and hot pockets. I mean, that's a secret, uh-huh. but, and I didn't want to go there because you know what? It's like, it's I didn't want to go there because it was one of those situations where I just feel like I don't want to go in on somebody else and their situation. I'm just strictly looking at it from a standpoint of these athletes work themselves so hard to get to the point where you you cannot just be the guy sitting around eating donuts and hot pockets and play in Wimbledon. You can't do that. That's not how it right. works. So when they finally get some time off, because I'm assure you that she probably works pretty hard and is probably spending the vast majority of her time working on her craft. Okay, so when she gets that time off at the end of the day, it's like, don't tell me how to, you know, if if I get done with my job at the end of the day where I'm sitting here with this damn headset on my head all day dealing with people's BS, if I go in my backyard, sit down and crack a beer, I don't want somebody with a drone taking pictures and then look on the thing and it'd be like, or if I take a picture of myself on Twitter and I post it, I don't want to hear, shouldn't you be in there on the phone taking more calls? Like, what the what? (laughs) <laughs> hell no <laughs> but that's basically what they're doing to her it's that, like yeah that's great you want uh you beat serena and all that's really cool what are you doing in the backyard showing your thighs like huh like come on man get out of here what are you doing relaxing in luxury that's not <laughs> we can trust terrell with the next generation of children you know he has a daughter he has a son he's raising them up right terrell's got takes like that now, it's Bradley Bill take. I don't know what he's doing with that, but luckily that doesn't have anything to do with parenting. So we'll be all right on that. <laughs> I'm just saying. D, Ed, Terrell, anything else? I'm good. All right. So uh, we thank you for joining us on yet another edition. Hopefully we, got, hopefully we covered everything the way you needed it to, and now you feel like you can go into the world with all that mixed into a pie. You can give it back to your friends. Because we gave it to you, the people. And so, for Ed White, thank you for joining us, Trey Blanco. Pop how? Ed White. Dale Davidson, my friend. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, Thespian Poppy himself, Terrell Huff. It was a pleasure. Hey, y'all already know what I'm about to say. Support Put the your arts. local arts. Because we are the damn arts. Listen support to the podcast. Local. We're playing. Hey, support your local thoughts? I know, but I got stubborn in my words. Did you say support your local thoughts? <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying hey. to catch him. I was trying to like, hey, support, support your, like, yeah, just, uh, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> All of that, yeah, <laughs> that real. Any local thoughts? I'm Gene Harlow. Sorry, baby. Yeah, Terrell got it right. So since Terrell got it right, I'm gonna let him hit him with the outro. Hit him with the outro, Terrell. The weekend it take because the week may end. But sports does not. <laughs> <laughs>